This week on the Jock and Nerd podcast, we are going back to the days of macho leads, one-liners, and over-the-top action scenes as we take a look at Commando, Bloodsport, and Tango and Cash. That's right, it's an 80s action movie showdown, all in this edition of the Jock and Nerd Weekly for Monday, February 28th, 2022. This is Frank Grillo. You know me, but who are you? Are you the discerning, sophisticated type of person who enjoys all the latest comic book and superhero TV and movie news? Pop culture references, witty banter? Me neither. I'm just here for the dick jokes. Check. Check one. All right. This is Roy Kraft out there. Let's give it up. Hello and what's up, listener? Welcome to the Jock and Nerd Podcast, where we give you comic book and superhero TV and movie news, reviews, and whatever we choose. Jock and Nerd! My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the Jock. He's the Nerd. And joining us, our very own king of one-liners, it's Rugboy. What's up, Rugs? Show me your nuts. Uh, uh. Is that your is that your go to uh, one liner? It works in a lot of places. Well, that's from the Kentucky Fried movie. <laughs> you remember that, Imran? Yeah, I show do, me your nuts. I do remember that. It's that's a movie I haven't <laughs> seen in a long time. Uh, that's really inappropriate. <laughs> you want to see an inappropriate film? That's the one to see. It has it all. Ah, uh, the good old days. <laughs> <laughs> you can't make it. I remember like that. Did he watch that once? You know? <laughs> Yeah, I, I went over my head. I, I, all I'm thinking about is a fast food restaurant. No, yeah, no, this is a severely un PC. The guy movie. who made Airplane, yes, the Zucker oh, yeah. Brothers. It was his earliest movie. Yeah, he did this movie, and it was like there's an Enter the Dragon. Uh, it's called Fistful of Yen. About mm-hmm. 15 minutes long, like parody of Enter the Dragon. It's the most racist thing you'll ever watch. <laughs> yes. <laughs> It's yeah. unbelievable. You thought Airplane was raunchy. Like Asians everywhere will be boycotting and burning this movie theater down nowadays. <laughs> well, look, speaking of uh, movies they, they don't make anymore, that's why we're here. I'm excited for this week's show, listener. If you looked at the title, you're going to see three random uh Action movies from the They're 80s. not random. They They're were not, carefully selected. This, okay, it was curated, but I know a lot of people, you know, I posted, I teased this in our Facebook group, and I think some people were like, why did you pick these movies? So, Anthony, this was your idea. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm a big ideas guy. You're, no, it's great. It's, you know, we've, <laughs> we've been doing episodic television. We needed a break uh, of a change and just kind of something to distract us from the crazy world right now. And this is perfect. What was your idea? Why are we doing these movies? It's a combination of a couple of things, a couple of inspirations. So we're doing these movies because, number one, the last couple episodic TV shows we've reviewed, specifically Cobra Kai and Peacemaker, have leads that are kind of throwback leads, 80s shoot 'em up leads. You have Johnny Lawrence, who is the epitome of the 80s, just transformed or transplanted into the modern era. And then you have Peacemaker... Christopher Smith, who's also somewhat 80s, although a little bit more in his feelings than most in the 80s, but still from that kind of background, definitely raised. With, if that character was a real person, he definitely was watching a lot of those fucking 80s yeah. movies. 
So that's part of the inspiration. The other part of the inspiration is I've been listening to a lot of rewatchables from Bill Simmons and just being able to like go back to old movies that everyone kind of liked and review them now with a modern lens oh. was also kind of interesting to me. Yeah, so yeah. you combine those two ideas. Plus you have rug boy. Who's just been tearing it up with uh, what's that fucking guy's name? Guy that played Frank Grillo. Oh, the Grillo. Frank oh, Grillo. I, you Grillo. Just, we yeah. just know that rug yeah. boy, like this is so up rug boy's alley. Right. So you throw that in, you have Imran's just wild enthusiasm and you have me as a, as a fucking millennial rewatching some of these old movies. And I think there's going to be a fucking rollicking good time, you fucks. Oh, my God. It's going to be great. And your idea was we all pick a movie yes. that we you know watched in the past and maybe want to revisit or watched a lot or you know uh, seen it all and see what, how, it, how it hits today. So, right. Uh, and, and not in kind of the, I put the parameters, not like the best, best of the right. best movie, kind of like with deep, but cuts. not a, not a movie that rug boy was trying to suggest like somebody like John Stamos or something like that. Like we're not doing that. that like, you're never oh. too young to die with Gene Simmons and John Stamos and vanity. <laughs> That's a fucking holy shit. That movie's crazy. That movie deserves a podcast episode. Maybe yeah, we'll get we to should, that, but you're One right. Day. Yeah. These are all actually, these movies were all commercially kind of successful movies. So for the listener, Here's the picks. My pick is Commando from 1985. Anthony, your pick was? Bloodsport. I believe that's 88. 1988. And uh, Rugs, your pick? Tango and Cash. Two for the price of one, motherfuckers. From 1989. Yes. So we have four solid 80s action movie leads. Uh, Anthony, what are some criteria to you that makes a good 80s action movie? Oh, man. Rugs, you'll have to check my homework on this. I, I wrote these down initially. All right, yeah. But what do you got? Eighties, early nineties. Let's even say, yeah, absolutely. Early. You 90s. need you need a macho lead. Yeah, yeah. You need one line. Absolutely, absolutely. Music, yes, is very well, important. Every movie has music, but it's specific kind it's, of music. Yes, specific kind, of, yes, kind yes. of music. Like it's supposed to get you amped up. Yes. It's got like like you almost have to be able to work out to it or something. Definitely. The the music almost on its own tells the story. Right. You have to like punch dance to it, like Kevin Bacon and in, in Footloose. Yeah. You have to be able to like <laughs> go into a punch into the air. Yeah, you have to be able to do that to this kind of music. Ugh. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Obviously, the action, of course, fights. Of course. That's huge. Yeah, bare knuckle, like mano y mano at the end. Usually, you <laughs> and know, over the top action and explosions. Absolutely. Yeah. One of Rugboy's. One of all our favorites, I guess. <laughs> babes and boobs. Gotta but, have like, babes not, and boobs. but like, like. A lot of movies have like they'll have like a, a sex scene in it or something, right? But I'm talking about in the '80s in action movies, there's just tits for no right. reason. Gratuitous showing. They'll just be like, what you, you walk in and all of a sudden there'll be people having sex in a car for no apparent yeah, reason we'll that get, have nothing to do with the rest of the movie. Yes, not so, only booze, but just shoehorned like like love stories, right? Like, yeah. Out of yeah. nowhere, they they immediately fall. Like, in yeah, love. instant instant like sexual <laughs> chemistry and like that, sexy like, dancing by a female for no reason. Yeah, That's this that. Yeah, yeah. and then and then uh, of course then the end is is villains. Oh, you need a you great need a good yeah, villain. You need a good eighties villain. There there was few. There's so, you, there's there's like um, there's maniacal villains. Like what happens is like the blueprint for a lot of this stuff is James Bond, right? Um, James Bond kind of at the boilerplate like high class highfalutin version of this like you know james bond he's like the the consummate man he like he's a no you know he gets all the women he drives the fast cars he has the guns and blah 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 and 
And then he does the fisticuffs and then the women all fall in love with him. So that happened in like the seventies, right? In the fifties and shit, like with Sean Connery and action movies is like basically like a shorthand version. They're like, let's throw out like all of this fucking spy shit. Like, yeah. And like British, like high class, highfalutin, like suavity. Let's get, let's do an action movie, but let's do it with like a guy who's, who's sweaty and oiled up. And like has huge biceps and it's like almost homoerotic in, in a lot of the ways that it is, but it's also like uber macho, like it in a weird way. Like it's like chauvinistic. It's, it's, it's weird. And it's escapism too, especially in the eighties. Yeah. You- so I think they did that to kind of escape any kind of reality. They're yes. like, we're going to go so crazy and out of control with this. You can't watch this movie for anything than what it is. And like, um, uh, I think I was talking to Del Howard during the, uh, uh, the discord yep. and he brought up pro wrestling and I'm like, yes, it's pro wrestling with explosions and car chases. That's what it is. Absolutely. It's and, um, and pro wrestling is like, is escapism for people even to this day, you know? So action movies, eighties action movies became their own cliche. They became their own genre. There were things that there are tropes that happen in all of these movies. And, like there was uh, maybe I'm going to say a handful, a little bit more than a handful of like of the pantheon of action heroes. Like we all know Arnold's, you know, we know, we all, we know um, Stallone, we all John Claude Van Damme, dare I say Steven Seagal, you know, yeah, but absolutely. and then there's some like people off to the side that like, you know, like that are also in there that, that have made great movies. So uh, it, it it is a genre. And it is of the 80s. And I think that a lot of us grew up watching that and just thought that's what movies were like. You don't even need to write a script. You just no. have guys. As long as you have some guy and a bad guy, say this is the bad guy. It doesn't matter how many people the good guy kills violently. Like he's still good. <laughs> like the bad guy, you never even see him kill anyone. Probably maybe like one or two people. But the, the good guy is the one who's mowing just countless people down, destroying property lighting things on fire, you know, <laughs> impaling people, you know, punching people in the nuts, like, like, every, you know, all the things you don't do like that are bad, like, but he's the hero. So I think it's, it's kind of funny and ironic at the same time. I think that's why I love those movies. They make me laugh. They bring a smile to my face. And I don't know. They remind me of a time where people were just a little bit more lighter and like, yeah. didn't give a fuck. and weren't so like kind of concerned about, they were just like, yeah, this is a fucking stupid movie. And um, yeah. no one's sitting there saying it's a good like these are no one's going. Um, these are high art films like no one's sitting there going, oh, though, these movies were like written so much better because if you actually look at the scripts, they're like really hilariously bad. <laughs> if right? it even well, was a script. Yes. What, what's interesting, though, is there are like the ones that stand the test of time actually are good films. Yeah. So it's like it's not all complete garbage. And then there's ones that are complete garbage. Like if when I was kind of doing my research. I picked, I circled three movies, not the ones we're going to review, but three movies that kind of like kickstarted all of this. Right. And in the early 80s, the ones I circled, and I'd be curious if you guys agree, were The Terminator, Rambo First Blood, and 48 Hours. I think those are the three that came out really early that people were like, not only these are like, these guys are kicking ass, but these are actually kind of good. Well, Terminator. uh, Terminator is more sci fi, but it's still. Well, it's more sci fi, and Arnold's the bad guy. Right. So. 
you, you still know, have that 80s machismo of like there is a little bit of machismo but you have the heroine is is, is a woman you know the, the hero right. is a woman and um the main character is also a woman so it is kind of genre it, it it's 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 in the genre because arnold's in it and it's got a lot of the tropes like the explosions and stuff and the one-liners mm-hmm. like i'll be back you know all that all that stuff um michael bean come with me if you want to live yeah those things it's there and it has great music and it's got the synth uh soundtrack uh what did you say the other one was um i had rambo and then 48 hours yeah first blood yeah. was an actual was an action movie but it was kind of like still a good movie it was written well and it had it had something to say it wasn't jokey or lighthearted even that was dark. It, was, it was a story about a vet who comes home yeah. and like you know and just goes crazy because shit isn't working out for him yes yeah, Stallone's and, definitely acting his ass off in that one and 48 hours that is the the buddy cop yep, movie yep right it's yep. the one where you have two people who don't like each other but have to work together and they both come from different worlds and and then, you know, you kind of let that play out. And those They were making those kind of movies in the 70s, but then you put Eddie Murphy in there, and he just makes it something bigger and better. It blows it up again, you know. So this is going to be so much fun. I cannot wait. Let's get started. You know, along the way, we will talk about also if this is the lead's best movie. Yeah. Would this movie work today? All of that fun stuff. Well, what's interesting, too, before we get into it is, like, we pick these movies individually without really like yep. talking about it yep. we just happened to pick the movies that were like with these leads yeah we we're like oh this is gonna work out even better than we thought yeah we got it mostly covered <laughs> uh, all right before we get started listener you can join the conversation we have a fun active facebook group called jock and nerd nation you should join it you'll meet all the other listeners you get to geek out uh and we read and share your comments it's a closed exclusive group just for you there's a link in the show notes Okay, let's begin chronologically with my pick of Commando from 1985. Uh, this movie directed by Mark L. Lester, who had done Firestarter uh, before this for Stephen King. A couple of interesting writers here. You have Jeff Loeb, the Jeff Loeb, like Batman Long Halloween Jeff Loeb, like what executive producer of Marvel TV Jeff Loeb wrote, <laughs> wrote out this movie. Matthew Wiseman who wrote and produced Teen Wolf uh, or before this, Michael J. Fox, and then Stephen E. D'Souza, who wrote Die Hard and a bunch of other things. Uh, very big writer in the 80s, right? Music by another big guy named James Warner doing the music for this. Uh, Jeez. Yeah, this is a tight 90-minute movie. It was made for a $9 million and made... Fifty-seven and a half million dollars in the box office, meaning that's nice. eighty-five. profit. Yeah, yeah, that's a success uh, in the eighties. Starring, of course, this will be our Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, <laughs> action uh, movie vehicle. Uh, Ray Dong Chong also in this. Dan Hedaya, Vernon Wells, Alyssa <laughs> Milano. Yeah, Dan Hedaya. <laughs> Dan Hedaya with a terrible, terrible Spanish <laughs> accent. Latin. I don't know what he's doing. That's what he was doing. Yeah, no. I don't know what he's doing. It's horrible. From Valverde. Valverde. <laughs> a very young Alyssa Milano paying, playing Arnold Schwarzenegger's uh, daughter and the great Bill Duke, who is like in a ton of 80s movies. He's great. Bill Duke, yeah. he's fucking awesome. He should be in every 80s movie. Bill Duke definitely. Well, I mean, all these movies have these great character actors that were in a bunch of movies. 
Real quick, before we get into the thoughts of this movie, here's the quick synopsis plot recap. What Commando is about? Arnold plays a former former military mercenary type dude named John Matrix. That's the most <laughs> random name ever. He does not look like a John or a Matrix or a John Matrix. It sounds funny. Let's do and, it. Yes. I love how all of his movies, he has like these Anglo names and he's clearly like a for like Dutch. Like you're not a Dutch. Get out of here. Anyways, John Matrix done with the he's supposed to be German in this movie. Oh, he's German. So yeah. he's done with the military. He's living in the in the mountains in peace with his daughter, Jenny Matrix, played by Alyssa Milano. When we come to find out, one of his old uh, unit members that he threw out has come gunning for him, uh, uh, hired by this Dan Hedea cartel South American leader. Anyways, they kidnap his daughter. To force him to go kill a leader in this fictional South American country that he helped overthrow Dan Hedaya's character. So he's pissed. So essentially you have a ticking clock. You have, uh, uh, you know, a pretty typical Arnold scenario where his kid's kidnapped and he's got to do whatever he can to get her back. And along the way, they are destroying malls and motel rooms and this flying in a plane to an island. <laughs> Lots of crazy. It's got shit. a great plot device because see, Arnold's supposed to be on the, get on this plane, yes, to go commit this crime so he could save his kid. But he decides to jump off the plane, yes, and in the time oh of the flight God. time, yes, like this is before they had cell phones, you could talk to people on planes and shit, yes. Like they they're like, oh, we just have to wait for this motherfucker to fly in to kill everybody. So like he's got like a, a ticking uh, clock where he's got okay, I have this much time to save hours. my daughter. The flight is yeah. eleven hours. So you got that that first trope right out the gate. And I was like, remember when you could smoke on planes and you couldn't contact someone if they were on a plane and you just didn't know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. But right away, you get some great fucking Arnold one-liners. Well, why did, why, first off, why'd you pick this movie? Oh, right. I picked this movie because at one point when I was a young teenager, I was getting into movies and I think largely it was Terminator 2, Judgment Day, and the first Terminator that made me go, I need to watch every Arnold Schwarzenegger movie there is. And I proceeded <laughs> to find and watch every Arnold movie because I was obsessed for a little while. This was one of them that I'd only seen like once. And I remember vague bits, but I remember it being kind of crazy and entertaining. Oh, it's fucking crazy. Oh, it is crazy. <laughs> and by the end of it, I was like, oh, I picked a good movie because this is like the quintessential Arnold explosions one liner fucking movie. What, what's interesting though about that mo this movie is, although it's the quintessential like what you would think Arnold was making. Yeah, this was by all intents like his kind of his first time doing something like this. Like this was like them giving him the keys and being like, okay, let's see what you can do. Really blow shit up. And 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 he basically like acts terrible he acts like he's still playing terminator yes he does throughout the he's entire emotionless film. the whole time <laughs> so to put it in context at this point arnold had done uh terminator conan the barbarian conan movies. movies and a red sonia movie now the only the big movies out of those were the terminator and the first conan movie i think the other two kind of didn't do as good as he wanted yeah i think what they tried to do is like they gave him a, a kid so he could, you know, you know, get ice cream with her and well, stuff the in the beginning and try and, try and humanize yeah, him a little bit. Feeding a deer and shit. And she put the, yeah. That opening <laughs> montage where it's like the start of a TV show. I was like, like what the fuck is it's this? It's like a fucking sitcom opening. She rubs ice cream on his face and he's just laughing. Oh. Them feeding the deer. Simba, I mean, what the ridiculous. fuck? It's ridiculous. 
There's one like there's that. one part in that opening mon I mean it's hilarious. Yeah. There's yeah. one part in that opening montage where they were like it looks like they were on a hike. Yeah. And like he picks her up, right? Yes. And she's not wearing any shoes. <laughs> oh no. He's like Did you go on a <laughs> hike with your daughter and she's not <laughs> wearing any what shoes? What are you doing? <laughs> where are your shoes? I think we forgot them in the cabin. <laughs> it, it's so and it's like he's still at this point he's not at all like a good actor. Yeah. So like he's so like they, there's one part in that montage, I think, or right after, where he kisses his daughter on the lips, yeah. and it's just like, oh, it's so awkward. It's just like, it's like you don't know how to act around children <laughs> at all. <laughs> so another important aspect of these movies is the the first shot of your lead character, right? In this one, Arnold is literally carrying a fucking tree on his oh, shoulder. That yeah, that intro. <laughs> it's amazing. Just a giant log. It's a whole tree. It just oiled up. Muscles yes. and then a log. And a chainsaw in the other hand. I guess he just cut this tree down. Yeah, I love that when I was a kid. Holy I love that. shit. You know, you know what's interesting about uh, this movie as a kid? Because I've seen all these movies okay. as a kid. Okay. But I, I haven't revisited this in a while. I remember vividly being at Blockbuster and seeing this movie on the shelf and then seeing Predator on the shelf yeah. and thinking they were the same movie. Because he's literally yeah, wearing the same, same outfit yes. on both covers. Okay, so can we talk about the poster for for a second? Because the the cover is iconic, and it's him in his face paint, in his vest, holding a machine gun. And you notice, if you look closely, he's got grenades hanging by the fucking pin on his vest. Meaning that if he falls or accidentally hits one of those... Uh, he spots the things going on. Like, why are you hanging the grenades by the pin? So not only that, I believe when this came out, people were hot, excited by that image. And they, that's what they wanted to see. Arnold blowing shit up. He doesn't put that shit on until like the third act of the movie. Like, you got to wait like a, an hour before he gets into that garb. And it's just in the end. Yeah, he's like in his black undies in a raft. Oh. Yeah, he has to paddle <laughs> over in his tidy whities first. And then he puts all that shit on, and he, he there's a ticking clock, Arnold. You don't think you're gonna save some time? But you get to watch like all of that stuff get put on. That's oh, like that was one of the things. The strap on montage, yeah. Was the strap on montage is fantastic. great. The weapon montage. But again, he's hanging the grenades by the pin. Yeah. Doesn't make a lot of sense. No, it does not. Well, wow. What was uh, one of the things that stuck out to me amongst many things in this movie is how kind of in on the joke the movie kind of is yeah. which is was i wasn't expecting i definitely don't remember that as a kid like ray don chong's character first off that's uh cheech and chong that, that's yeah, actually chong, tommy, chong, daughter, daughter, tommy yeah. chong's daughter yeah. which i was like holy shit yeah. that's tommy chong's daughter yeah. she's like making these like comments about like oh too much red meat oh you're like masculinity and it's like whoa i didn't think in the 80s they were making like Kind of like an awesome casting. They cast this like black woman to be the female lead, and she's like commenting on just how overly like ridiculous everyone's being and how masculine they are. And then she's like, but then she's like, jumps into the battle for no reason. She literally says, "I hate this macho bullshit." Like she's right. calling out what's happening in the movie. By the way, shit, they just randomly he just randomly kidnaps her. Like this oh, poor yeah. lady. She won't have anything to do with it, and you just involve her and kidnap her, and then she has. Well, she was being accosted by that guy, right? But then in the parking lot, and she she escapes that, and then Arnold rips the seat out of her car, and And, then climbs in. And then she, by the end, she's got like Stockholm syndrome, and she she's all in. Well, yeah, she well she's like the perfect person to have kidnapped because she can fly that amphibious plane. She can fly a plane. She's like. 
gung ho about like going into the gun place and helping him get the guns and saving the she daughter. She could read and follow yep. instructions for a rocket launcher. That's helpful. I just know what was great about Ray Dong Chong's character is that uh, she asked Arnold three times what's going on, yeah. and every single time Arnold tells her what's going on, but then she still needs to know what's going on. Wait, what's going on? Nobody- he's like, they're trying to kill me, <laughs> and then it, and then he's like, okay, well they have my daughter, and I have to save her, and then she's like, but then in like two minutes, he's like, what the hell is going on? He goes, well. He doesn't piece me. I have to kill this guy. And if I don't kill this guy, they're going to kill my daughter. And so like, <laughs> he, like he reveals a little bit more of the plot as they go. He should have just said it all in one sentence. Like, look, I, I got to fucking save my daughter. There's a guy who wants me to kill somebody. If I don't do it. Yeah. Well, but, th- there's a line I wrote that then had me rolling when, uh, when he first kidnaps her and she's, and he says that they're trying to kill me and he goes, she goes, it's understandable. I've only known yes. you for five minutes, and I want you dead, too. And I, already, I want to kill you, too. Yeah, that's <laughs> fantastic. So, okay, let's just talk about a couple of things that he does physically in this movie. Talked okay. about he comes in carrying a tree. Yeah. He climbs down through the wheel well of a plane that is taking off and <laughs> take, jumps. Man, that's got to be a couple hundred feet at that point. And, and he lands in a swamp. He yeah. rolls and lands, and he's fine. Wait, he stands up and wait, walks away. P- pause right yeah. there. This movie, it, it seems like it's like in California, I would guess, right? Uh, yeah. yeah. Somewhere in like the Northern California. Yeah. So then he jumps out. Where is there a fucking swamp <laughs> I don't in California? Know where that swamp is. Well, they might have marshes. I don't know. <laughs> don't Maybe like, they do. They have to have rivers or something, right? Just, why, why does he wait till like he's on the, the wheels, right? Yeah. He can see the ground. And then he waits till he goes over. But he waits over... until it's like about 400 feet up. Yeah. Before he, I think he's waiting to get jumping. over the marsh so he doesn't fucking yeah, I hit think... the pavement, I guess. Well, it may, look, that makes more sense than him just landing and rolling on but the But that was road. a really far jump, and he's just like, doo, 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 I'm fine. Wait, but before oh, yeah. his that. His legs should have been broken. There's a great one-liner. Before that, when the guy, he's got his escort on the plane, and on a full plane with people everywhere, he just he fucking snaps him. this guy's neck and he kills he him. Murders. Nobody notices, that, right? That was Nobody great. He puts a hat on and him and like a, a jacket on for him. Nobody and just like, thought, noticed. He's dead tired. My, yep, there you <laughs> go. He goes, don't disturb my friend. He's dead tired. I was like, oh, boy. <laughs> no, and then he also, got, when he leaves, gets to the bathroom, he goes, I'm gassy. And he's just going <laughs> out of the bathroom. <laughs> Right? Is that what he says? Yeah, he goes, yes, he gassy. says he's gassy. He he's I, thought, I thought he said he's like the plane made him. You're right. Okay. Uh, uh, okay. Then Th- that whole scene, yeah. I'm like, I was riveted just by like, how the hell is he going to get out of right? this plane? He's like, he's going to, he has to not be on this plane. What is going on? Okay. Then he fights mall security, which I thought was hilarious because he's just tossing these guys. Around. That was weird too. Like she like, she like calls mall security on him yeah. for no apparent reason. Like, like she doesn't believe him, I guess. In well, a, he is he, at this point. He is. A, I I kind of believed it because I'm like he he kidnaps her and he's a crazy person. It seems like to her, but he calls mall. She calls mall security. <laughs> the shot where he's like hiding, he's behind the <laughs> yes. fucking pillar, and it's like, dude, you're fucking Arnold <laughs> Schwarzenegger, and you're trying to hide behind that fucking Giant. pillar. Like, what the hell? Are you doing? Um, I forgot to mention right before this, he rips the seat out of her car with his bare hands. Yep. Just yep. rips it out and then Why? I don't so he can duck down and hide. I don't <laughs> oh, know. Yeah. Why do you need to does he doesn't the know seat that you recline? can just pull a lever and recline? <laughs> and then in the ball security fight, he rips a phone booth out of the ground and holds it up over his head with a dude in it. 
that happens, there's also a point where there's like, first off, there's ins- an insane amount of mall security. Yes, mall. there's so many of them. And they gang up on him, and at one point he like, they he like they all crowd over him and he like hulks and they all like f- there's like ten Dude, of them that fly. He does off the shit him. they did in He Man. That is an animated yeah. sequence from He Man where he will go and throw everyone off like a cartoon. It was amazing. It was amazing. <laughs> he flips a car over. At one point, he rips a chain with a padlock open with his bare hands. Um, very subtly, he drives a bulldozer through a department store. And by the way, the 80s were great because all these surplus stores had a back room with fucking rocket launchers and machine guns. Of course. Like, how did do. he know that was like, why does the store have you a rocket launcher? There's, always, there's, always, you, there's you, always a guy in the closet. You got to point out he's <laughs> grabbing everything, right? Grabbing everything. And he, he passes by flippers. And he's like. I need these two. <laughs> and he fucking puts the flippers in, and he doesn't use the flippers the entire no, fucking movie. They, they literally there. make it a point where it's like, oh, he's he's getting the flippers. Like, this is an important part. And then he uses a raft to fucking raft over to the island. The, flippers, the flippers are not involved at all. You know, I don't know. Maybe he did. <laughs> he's, like, he's just like, oh, these two. It's like when you're at the supermarket, and you're like in the checkout line, and you're like, I'll take the beef jerky as well. <laughs> but he's like, I'll take the fucking flippers on top of all these fucking guns. Uh, yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Uh, and then there was a quick, there, there was Bill Paxton in here. Did you guys see? There was a quick, there Bill was Paxton like, yeah, in there. yeah, he was like uh, young, operating uh, the army phone or yeah, something. Yeah, young Bill Paxton cameo. Young Bill Paxton is in this. A, a scene that I really enjoyed that was like completely unrealistic is when they're chasing, um, was it Sully, the little short oh, guy? Oh, Sully's great. Yeah, what a piece they're of shit. They're chasing Sully, yeah. and they had to have been going at least. 45 miles an hour. Oh, yeah. And they oh, crash yeah. right into the pole. Yeah. Crash right in the pole. It immediately cuts to him and Ray Dong Chai. Immediate. And he goes, are you okay? <laughs> and she's like, I'm fine. And they, like, no one's hurt. It's like the way uh, they cut uh, that scene uh, uh, and edited it. Ray Dong Chong was sitting okay. in nothing. There was yeah. no seat there. She was he not ripped it out. Yeah, he, she should have <laughs> went fucking flying out the fucking car. There's, There's no yeah. seat belt. There's nowhere to plug this. Like, what is she strapped in with? There, they, but they she should have been dead and his head should have been like bashed against the steering wheel and instead he just they immediately right. the way they cut it, it's like are you okay and she's like yeah i'm fine and it's like oh my god this is insanely ridiculous a lot of these movies are so off it's hilarious sully has a great line when they're in the club because i remember he goes uh he goes this place used to be a great place for hunt and slash he says <laughs> Like, oh, my God. Are you talking about from Guns N' Roses or yeah, talking yeah, about Vagina? I don't know. He's looking for the guitarist. And then <laughs> one-liners. Here's a great one-liner where he finally, when John finally gets Sully and he's holding him by the ankle over a cliff. And he's like, this is my weak arm. It's getting tired. And then he goes, remember when I promised to kill you last? I lied. And he drops him. So good. And then she says, what did you do to Sully? And he said, I let him go. I let, I let him, him go. go. Well, I like that they like take the the fight scene with um with Bill Duke's Bill Duke's character yeah, Cook. Yeah, they literally steal a line from the previous movie that he was in because she he's like fuck you asshole. He's like fuck you asshole oh, yeah, after the right. gun doesn't fire, yeah. and that's literally from Terminator. Well, doesn't he also like, say uh, I'll be back? Yes, yes, he like, does say that. I'll be back yes. in this. Also, they have him acting like, like he's, he's still acting like the Terminator. It makes no sense. All right, and then, okay, the third act is just a nonstop assault. There is so much shooting so, and explosions. So basically, so let's, let's quickly recap. Yeah. So Arnold jumps out of the plane. Yeah. 
grabs Ray Dong Chong and then gets attacked by mall police, uh, uses a giant balloon to swing on top of an elevator <laughs> yes, like Tarzan, chases Sully down, yeah. crashes the car yeah. with Ray Dong Chong in it. She doesn't die. <laughs> he kills Sully. Yeah. Then they go to the motel that Sully had the keys to. Right. To meet Bill and Duke's then character. he gets into this fight with Bill Dukes to the death. Yeah. And then at this point, he's got when nothing. I was a little child. Yeah. One of them gets knocked through a door and there's a couple fucking and you see boobs. Okay. <laughs> that is another reason that this movie is a total oh, there was 80s. Boobies? I missed that yeah. in this. Oh, yeah. I missed that shot. Okay. I was around that a like, thousand times when I was like 11. You know, was, whoever wrote that script, like had to have written it. And then someone, some producer was like, Gotta throw boobs in there. You have to. Yeah, yeah, we we, need, we have no boobs. Where do we throw those boobs? <laughs> Where do we throw the not showing her boobs. No, he rips no. her shirt open for a second. Yeah, trying to make it sexy. I thought he was gonna like just rip it, but yeah. Nah, but like we like we need to have. We, we're in a hotel. There has got to be boobs in this scene somehow. Perfect. That's a perfect. And they place. figured out a way to yeah. do it. No, it's a it's a it's a convenient. So that's makes sense. Gratuitous. Didn't need to be in the no. in it at all. That box is checked. So they yes. find out they gotta go to the island Valverde and they steal uh, that amphibious plane and the clock is ticking and it's like a two hour flight and they get there and this is when we see him in the speedo for no reason he's in the speedo right. paddling over and then just you know you get the strap on montage and I love when he's approaching the building because apparently if you crouch and walk nobody can see you he's just in an open like field with a river <laughs> But he's crouching, so nobody's got see camouflage it. on and him. And he's got really, yes, barely any camouflage. I mean, it's camouflage, yes. I guess. But he's carrying around a giant rocket launcher this whole time. It's very bulky, and uh, and he, yeah. <laughs> and he just starts murdering dudes. He just starts fucking shooting people. He, you know, this is what I thought was interesting too. He doesn't know where his daughter is in the structure yet. He's planting landmines and he blows up all these buildings that clearly have fake dummies in front of them. You could see the soldiers are just standing there because they're not real people. And I'm like, how did he know his daughter wasn't in any of those buildings? I, I feel like this is one of those, the first movies, this, I think Rambo two came out that same year, but this is one of those first movies where they were like, we're going with a one man where the one it's the one man yes. army thing where it's just, He's just going to annihilate everybody. By and nobody himself. hits him. And we're, and we're gonna, and we're gonna, we're gonna write the script so that no one can shoot he at him. And never, him. yeah, like so what kind of gun, gun do you never reload? He has an M sixteen <laughs> with the belt, right? You look at the ammo belt, and in one shot it's getting shorter, and it cuts to the next shot, and it's long again, and they just keep going. Like he never needed to reload that M sixteen. Well, got and the, the magic and the, gun. They, they keep finding like more and more ways for him to kill he people. So they're the using guy's, different guns. Yeah, he slices the dude's arm off. That was fantastic. The, the arm off. When he scalps the guy oh, with yeah, the saw blade, God. I'm like, oh, my God. And also, can you shoot an M16 with one hand? Is that even possible? He Arnold does, can hold a, a log up. He, so he that's can true. Do anything. He does that a lot. And Sully up. I'm yeah, like, there's no it. way you can shoot this. Well, the thing is, though, is like Arnold is so big at this point that you're kind of like, maybe he can do that. Like, he's so big. He's superhuman. Yeah. I mean, this is essentially a comic book superhero movie. Do you think it's a letdown that the final boss is that dude who was really out of oh, shape? <laughs> we we got to talk about that guy. Fucking Bennett. Uh, what's his Bennett? Bennett. First off, Vernon Wells. That outfit he's wearing. Yeah, why is he wearing like <laughs> a fisherman's like mesh he's or something? Wearing, I don't know. It's chainmail. Chain uh, he's wearing chainmail. Oh, that's it's some kind of eighties dance mesh. He, he's wearing chainmail, and yeah, you're right, Rugs. He is. 
his arm, like, first off, put some sleeves on that guy. Like, why is that guy sleeveless? His arms, there's, like, negative muscle on his body. And, like, throughout the movie, there's kind of this, like, homoerotic thing that's going on yes. where he's, like, always referring yes. to, me. he's like, me and Matrix would kill everybody yeah. here. Matrix this, Matrix that. And, like, he has Matrix hurt, and the scene where he has him hurt, and Matrix is kind of, like, talking to him dirty, but, like, hey, kill me with your oh hands. My God, they wanted, and they, Matrix yeah. is, like... Yes, I will kill you. He's. I wrote down. Matrix is orgasming at the thought. Yeah, is orgasming at the pants. thought of killing Matrix right now. Well, Bennett goes. I'm not going to shoot you between the eyes, John. I'm going to shoot you between the balls. Like clearly they were involved. <laughs> clearly they had a thing for each other. But that, yeah, that scene where he's like, "Oh, I'm going to kill you." He's I'm going off to on you. it. He's, <laughs> he's like taking off the guns, and he's like, like they're doing the whole. This is like a classic '80s, or it's like, "Kill me, man to man." Like, he one on he one. Convinced him to actually toss the gun when he yeah. had him like i'm like you could have just shot him and you've been fine and no but but that's got to be if we're w- once we get to the rankings yeah. that's got to be a, a drawback is like this guy is just so unphysically Im- yeah. intimidating well it's better than dan hedaya like, oh. who is supposed to be the fucking bad oh. guy like that he's not intimidating that, that, that's aged really poorly dan that's a terrible cast. Dan Hedaya is not intimidating Hispanic, at all. Yeah. Hispanic dictator. Yeah, he had the, Why Dan Hedaya? Such a bad accent. I love that guy. He's great and, and things. Great character. Terribly actor, miscast. But wow, really bad accent. Oh, wait. I want to have to go back to the beginning of the movie where they attack him at his house. Yeah. Yep. And Arnold shoots that guy in the head. This is, yeah. Like, <laughs> well, he goes, I he love He so unceremoniously killed that the guy. The line is here's your one liner. The guy's like, if you want your kid back, you're going to cooperate, right? He goes, wrong. It just shoots him <laughs> in the head. And that's what he says. We, I'll be back. Yes. We got it. Yeah. There's two things I want to point out from the beginning of that movie. One, when that soldier has been protecting him, he's like, the soldier's like, or he's like telling him, like, you got to stay down wind. And he's like, what? You could like smell him or something? <laughs> he's like, I did. So Arnold can smell these guys coming. Yeah. yeah. Then <laughs> the scene where the car has the brakes taken out and he's just like, fuck it. <laughs> I'm pushing this down the hill and I'm chasing after him in a car oh with no brakes. And the, there's a scene where they're like, he's going to hit us. That little convoy, they're like, he's going to hit yeah. us. Fucking stop the car. <laughs> he's got no brakes. He'll drive right past you. But you keep driving and you let him hit you. And the you. car explodes for no reason. That happens in a lot of these movies. Yeah. Like, that car yeah. should have exploded at that point. But Cars always instantaneously yeah. explode. It just kind of rolled over. and then <laughs> When they ex- need to. It exploded. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> the beginning is great. Uh, the beginning, yeah. When we get to the yeah. end, so we're we're at the point where he fights, um, Bennett, and they, you know, he kills him, whatever, impales him, let off some. Steam, oh my god, that's Bennett. the big final line. Yes, yeah, so with steam coming out of him. And and what what's what's great is this kid has just seen all this fucking like murder and she, shit. Yes, and it, and it ends, and she like immediately like hugs Ray Dong Chong, which. By all accounts, is the first time they've ever met, and they all just like hug, and they're like a happy family, and they're like, (laughs) "She just watched him murder this dude with a steam pipe, and then she turns and looks and goes, hi, Dad,' it's with a big smile." (laughs) I was like, "Oh my dude, you just see what the fuck happened?" Also, he gets electrocuted at one point, doesn't die. Yeah, like he's like King Kong, it just makes him strong. Holy shit! That's a that's a this might be the start of like eighties heroes just getting electrocuted and like not. 
they're just they're just cool with it. They it get, was they, fine. No, like, later yeah. Mel Gibson gets yeah. electrocuted in Lethal Weapon. Nothing, yeah, uh, fucking, we'll talk about another movie yeah. later. There were people get electrocuted, and it's fine. No problem. Yeah, uh, no problem. So I think so, yes. What was your reaction? You seen this? You haven't watched it in a while. Where where did you fall after the credits rolled? I was. I had a huge fucking smile on my face at the end of this. I was like, this was so much fun. I forgot. Oh my god, the one liners, the explosions, the over the topness. Like I was just like, that was great. I ended. I was like, "That was fucking great. That that's a great movie." That, but- I, I had a I had a very similar reaction. I was I was cheesing yes. the entire time. I was like, I was laughing intentionally and unintentionally yep. throughout the entire movie. Yep. And by the end, I was like, I was like, "Why was this good?" And I was like, "Because it's just an easy movie. Like it's night lights. I remember ninety, I minutes, 90 yeah. minutes. You have the ticking time clock to make like the premise is set up they right there. He's got eleven right hours away. to save his daughter, yeah. and you just let let him." Let Schwarzenegger be Schwarzenegger, and let's just make him a comic book. The yeah, action I, starts right away. They get right into it. I appreciated that. It has that like synth music with oh, steel drums. You want to talk about <laughs> that the music? Sounds like a Girls Gone Wide wild video. This, <laughs> this movie, this score has everything. It has synthesizers. It has saxophones. It has steel drums. That's the three <laughs> things you need in an eighties action. It's got them all. It's got them all. So if we're gonna go by the criteria, right? We'll we'll do that at oh, the end for all of them. Okay. Well, yeah, we'll we'll come to a consensus okay. in all three of like which one was the best amongst that criteria, but we could do the rating out of ten. Okay, let's rate this. Yeah, and at the end, he's got another line about you're going to do this again. Not a chance. And the guys, unreal that they didn't make ten sequels out. You got at least three sequels. I mean, in the I band want more John ending. Matrix. Jesus fuck, what else has this guy been doing after you li- it li- that ending? Literally writes itself for a sequel. Yeah. You going to come back for another mission? One more? No. Imagine no the Matrix was about, about John, John Matrix, Matrix, and it was oh, actually God. Arnold as Neo. Oh my God, <laughs> Keanu <laughs> goes. He takes the pill, and then he just goes, and he ends up in John Matrix's house. Here's another great thing about the '80s: you could take an R-rated movie and make a toy line out of it. The Commando had a toy. Yeah, you could. Yeah, I had that figure. Yeah. The black undies. Yep, they did it with Robocop. take off all his clothes, and he'd be in his black undies. Oh, my God. Uh, so that's what I found. Yeah, no, I had a lot of fun from... I When I watched this movie, like I was like, damn, I haven't seen Commando in a while. And I remember like the last time I watched it, which was like, not that long ago, maybe like 15 years ago or yeah. something. Like I don't know. It's a long time ago, I guess. But like I remember it was like... I watched him like that's not really a good movie, <laughs> but <laughs> no, it's not. You know, but like, look at what's happened in the in the past like fifteen years, like how entertainment's gotten so like samey samey, yeah, and how like we've been like energized by like Cobra Kai and Peacemaker, and I was like, yeah, this let's go back and revisit this and find out like why like all these callbacks to the eighties are happening, and there is a joy in watching it as fucking ridiculous and bad and just how like it's like pure just the fact that they made this movie yeah they're like oh, we're gonna make it it's gonna be a, this is a huge blockbuster movie like this is gonna be a plus entertainment yeah movies have gotten <laughs> long too i noticed like you know these yeah. are all tight 90 minute 100 minute movies you get it all done and just- it's just something about it that's just so like doesn't give a fuck. No, and it's fantastic. And there was so it, much shooting in that third act, I had to turn my television down. I was all like, it wants wow, to do, loud. it doesn't want to tell you a great story. It doesn't want to convince you that anything is real. They just want to entertain. Yes. Are you yeah. not entertained? And I think and, this movie succeeds in doing it. I think this is like an underrated Arnold gem from, you know, the 80s. If you, <laughs> it should be in his like 
top 10 movies just for hilarity's yes, sake yes. just for like all of the fucking batshit crazy stuff that makes they have they make no attempt at explaining or even justifying they just like like fuck you you're watching this movie <laughs> this is what's happening okay just this just go with it all right so i'll start the rating for me talking 80s action movies it definitely ticks all of the boxes we mentioned before i'm giving it an eight out of ten there you go hmm. anthony man i hate when uh we agree but uh i'm also going to give it an oh, eight snap. out of ten the only reason it's not higher is it's not actually like creme de la creme 80s early 90s right, action right. movie like I, we've kind of discussed some of them we can i can talk about them again yeah. later some other ones but it's not like that level where you could actually put this on objectively and be like this is a good film right. but it's so fucking in like it's so in its lane and like so wacky that it's just like again unintentionally and so intentionally funny that i i had a great time and it's an easy watch so uh eight out of ten yeah, I love Arnold. I love his charisma. I love silly shit. Knowing that it's going to be silly, like knowing that there's no intention of actually trying to make a good movie. <laughs> like, like, and I was entertained thoroughly. So 7.5 for me. Nice. Yeah. No, this is definitely a surprisingly fun rewatch. Yeah. Where, where does this, how, this isn't Arnold's best movie. Would anyone uh, say that? It's not his top tier. What would you What would you say if you had to give its top tier movies? I mean, I, like one or two of them. Like I don't know. It, it, there's all different eras of Arnold. Like I mean, I go to Terminator Two right away, and the Terminators, and and the the first Conan movie. Yeah, I love the first Conan, even though he he doesn't really act in that either. But he is Conan. <laughs> like he you he's fucking Conan. All right. You can't not watch that movie and go. This guy wasn't fucking Conan. Oh, then I my yeah. my my. Uh, my top tier Arnold and I haven't seen all of them. So you guys are a little bit more of the authority on this, but if I had to go off the movies I've seen, I'd say Terminator two and predator predator total recall, I think is up there. Total recall. I would also put uh, true lies up there a little bit. Yeah. That, that era of Arnold is when he was actually becoming a, actually a pretty decent actor. Yeah. He was great in last action hero. Action hero. I put up there. Like I hate that movie because of the kid, but Arnold's great in that movie. And He's then, fucking honestly, killing I, it. I, I would put this movie right after all those movies. I would put Commando yeah. there. Th- this one's a good yeah. one. This one is again. This one, like historically, is the one that really solidified him as like, oh, we can use him as a lead yeah. and just like have him destroy people. I mean, yeah, like, Terminator. He's the villain. Conan. Conan is kind of its own little thing. But this this is the one where it's like put a gun in his hands and let him let him. Work. Well, it's the first role he had where he's kind of just playing like a a person, well, a relatable kind of a relatable person. Like well, this a, is the thing. Right. Conan was a franchise, right? Is a character from you know well known character from a long time ago. He was embodying this kind of kind of like Tom Holland being Spider Man or something. He was embodying this thing that, um, and then the Terminator, he was the bad guy. This and then so for him to actually be a hero, unattached from anything, just Arnold, his name recognition alone like his charisma alone i think yeah it's a big breakout for him if you look at like the movies he did after this you're just like holy shit he went on a run because you go he did commando and it's like okay he's a star then you get raw deal predator running man red heat twins Twins, total recall kindergarten Kindergarten terminator 2 last action hero like he just goes on a streak where it's like Yeah, he's just killing movies now. I mean, from 85 on, I think he ruled until the early this 90s. This was the one, though. Yeah. This was the one that really, like, solidified him as, like, oh, we have a, like, he's a star. He can, he's not only, like, 
in Terminator, he's great as a robot, but this one's like, oh, he can be a lead and fucking destroy everything. Yeah, he can play someone's father and kill people. That's That was the key. <laughs> he barely pretends to care for his daughter. Yeah, so, I mean, I think this is a big piece of uh, in his career, uh, a big, oh, you know, big turning point. All right, good stuff, listener. Uh, check out our swag. We have a T Public shop, jockandnerd.com slash shop, where you can get t shirts with Rugboy's face with the Jock and Nerd logo. Or the- Rugboy approved. You what? can get, oh, I don't even have that one. Lame. I got oh, it. you got it. That actually sounded just like the clip. Uh, and, but you, there's also cell phone cases, mugs, pillows, lots of fun stuff. There's lots of sales. Support the show. Show your love. Wear a niche podcast t shirt out and about in the world. We'll take a quick break here for some promos. We're not done. We got two more excellent 80s action movies to go through right after this. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey there, everyone. Brian here, host of TV Trivia Pod. It's a trivia-style podcast focusing on TV and movies. Listen in for questions like, what's the name of Michael Scott's screenplay? What do you say to view the Marauder's map? And what's everyone eating in the post credit scene of Avengers? Play along to TV Trivia Pod anywhere you get podcasts. And stay tuned for more trivia! Called the Working Man's Nerdist, Tales from the Fandom is a weekly podcast where David talks with a guest about the fandoms that they love. Whether it's classics like Star Trek, Star Wars and Tolkien, or new ones like Game of Thrones or Harry Potter... Anime, books, TV shows, movies, role-playing, video games, cosplay and more are discussed. Each episode is different, based on the guest. No fandom is too big or too small. Subscribe to Tales from the Fandom and join in on the fun. Listener, if you enjoy this very podcast, you should support this very podcast. Join our fan club. Visit jockandnerd.com. Slash Patreon. Nerd. There is a link in the show notes that'll take you to our Patreon page and you will be supporting the show, ensuring that it keeps going. You can get cool stuff like a bonus podcast RSS feed where the shows come out early. There's instant reactions. For example, this week we will have our instant reactions up for Matt Reeves, the Batman opening this week. We'll talk about that a little bit later. That is oh, yeah. right out of the theater reaction or shortly thereafter before we can even process the movie. Put those up. You also get uh, to hang out with us on Discord. Uh, we do private Patreon-only monthly Discord geek hangouts. We just had one last week, Rugs. Who was there? Who was our big honored guest this week? Oh, we had Wes Cranford. Yeah! Like, uh. <laughs> Wes motherfucking Cranford from Australia and his son. We had two people from Australia, but we finally got to meet had, Wes in person. It was great. We had two generations of the Cranford clan. I mean, this guy's been with us since like almost the beginning, and it was just great to like. It was very cool to yeah. talk to. Yeah. I really appreciate our fans, especially ones that have stuck with us since the beginning. It keeps us going to know that people are like listening and, and, and enjoying the show, and it's great to talk to everyone and get to know them so uh, i'm glad that we have this discord it's great i love these monthly hangouts the next month march's hangout will be thursday march 24th 8 p.m central time here in the u.s so sign up and you can hang out in that one the more the merrier okay anthony you are up yeah so my pick if you probably cannot well 
maybe you know in the title that it's out of two of movies now. My pick was Bloodsport from 1988, and as a child, I think even I probably own. I think I I definitely owned this movie and probably watched it. It was one of those movies where I, if it was on TV, I was watching it. I was throwing it on TV for like my cousins who were into like fighting. Like this was one of my fucking favorite movies as a kid. It's even as an adult, like not an adult, but even as a teenager, it's probably been 15, 16 years since I've seen it. Oh man. But one of my all time favorites, um, when I was growing up. So Bloodsport, starring Jean-Claude Van Damme, kind of his on the theme of like commando kind of his kind of breakout movie. Okay. Where people were like, Oh, you can do shit. Like this is kind of cool. Um, one of the obviously one of the big '80s and early '90s action stars of our time. Uh, what is Bloodsport about? Similar to Commando, it's a very tight movie, ninety minutes. Um, basically, Jean Claude Van Damme. It's based on a true story, and I put that in quotes because this true story is not really very all that true. Yeah, it's very per- very questionable. Really, yeah, uh, I was full of bullshit. Based on the exploits of Frank Dukes, yeah. who won the Kumite, which is this international underground fight organization. Jean-Claude Van Damme's playing Frank Dukes and he's basically in the Kumite because his trainer's son died as a kid or as a teenager and he's participating in the Kumite to honor his his dying trainer uh, with whatever the fuck his name is uh, Tanaka uh, who's a Shidoshi in this one yeah, and, it, and it's basically just a tournament movie where he's in a tournament fighting for honor and also befriending people, meeting a girl and fighting off a villain that's diabolical. Yeah, this one also commercial success made for real the cheapest movie on the list. Uh it says 1.5 to 2 million dollars and it makes also 50 million dollars. Uh, wow. And I think the v- VHS sales were also big for this. Yeah. Uh directed by Newt Arnold, which I don't know who the fuck is that? Who that is? I don't think he did anything else. <laughs> I, I, it's kind of like this thing in the eighties. They just like one oh, and duds. They're like, all right. Does this guy have muscles? Yes. Does he have some weird accent? Yes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> all right. Let's get him in a movie. This is one <laughs> of like two movies Newt directed. This is the last movie he directed. So what was his other movie? It's called Newt? Bloodthirst in nineteen seventy one. Oh, he likes oh. to direct movies with blood in the tank. Yeah, then he went on being a, uh, a second unit director, assistant director. Hmm. Didn't uh, didn't want. He's like, no, nah, you know what? I don't want to be the big guy. Also, here's what's notable: when this movie starts, you see the Canon Film logo. That should tell you everything you need to know about what you're going to get into. It is a Canon film. Yeah, Canon was notorious for making these cheap ass movies and like just cranking them out and just. Kind of like playing hard and loose with this, with the way that they make films, like breaking all kinds of laws and all kinds of shit. Yeah. So it is a, it definitely is like almost like a B movie or yeah. a cult movie. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely so upon rewatch, because I did rewatch it for the show, I was uh, immediately like, this is also kind of intentionally and unintentionally funny. <laughs> yes. There's a lot of, oh my God, things going on. I will say just right off the bat, if you can get over the like truly atrocious first 10 minutes of him as a child, as a teenager, like the movie still kind of holds up as a, as a simple formatted tournament movie. It's, it's literally like they looked at karate kid and they looked at Rocky four and they're like, 
Let's combine that and make it into a martial arts movie. You have your training montage, you got your sidekick characters, and then you got a tournament style thing. But the beginning, first of all, he's supposed to, he escapes from the military. Frank Dux was in the military. I find it hard to believe this foreign guy with this accent is in the U.S. military. I just like, I didn't, I'm not buying that. <laughs> they don't care. If they it, don't if care. It, want to point out right, equa- yeah. right away some truly atrocious ADR in that scene oh. where the, the general is talking to, to Frank Dux and it's yeah. like, this is definitely ADR. Like he's not saying, he's any, not of saying any of those words. And, but but, yeah. but before you even get into that, though, yeah. the movie starts off really cleverly with just music, yeah. and all these like video game characters training in their own martial arts. Oh yeah, so you're like it's right away, cool. you're like, oh, this is like you kind of know right off the bat this is a fight movie. Like these are everyone's fighting. This is the, this is their training for something. You see Bolo Young kick the ice bricks in the beginning, right? Right in the beginning. Oh yeah, you see. Yeah. I mean, you see. You see the black guy playing an ape. I don't know what the fuck he's doing. Oh my god, this like monkey style! Coconuts. Of yeah. course, the black guy is using monkey style fight techniques. That's, that's you, you, not right. You see, like Paco, who's like the the French mar- like Muay Thai guy. You see the big sumo wrestler. Like you are right away. You're like you. They establish. It's like Mortal Kombat before yeah, Mortal Kombat, it, where you're like yes. scrolling through the vi- video game characters, yep, and you're like, oh, yep. I can play this guy. I can be this guy. It reminded guy. me of a fight, a fight game. But it starts with a really weird long double flashback. Which I was like, huh. <laughs> that flashback takes forever. It's so long. And it keeps cutting back to Jean-Claude Van Damme's face. Like the scowl. Staring at the, at, yeah, just staring into the, like the, the, <laughs> like the, the sword. The young Tanaka and like the later Tanaka. Like he didn't age. I was confused where no, we were. No, but like any gray hair no, or nothing. They look no. the same the whole time. No, man. Yeah. Not at all. And that all. kid, that American kid is supposed to be him. And that's I, the that guy is so funny and so bad at the and same he also time. had he's had this weird accent ever since he was a little kid what is going on here and that really <laughs> threw me that that scene where he steals the sword and gets caught yes you realize he's wearing i believe he's wearing a new york giants shirt yes Jersey, he's right? wearing a san francisco giants <laughs> hat. they just grabbed any random they just like sports grab things. the giant stuff and throw it on them <laughs> On once in America, like, give him some American let's, things. Let's make some American. <laughs> but okay, but you do get the fucking awesome training montage where he first gets thrown a lot over and over again. But then you got the old, the old grab a fish. You got the old blindfolded training. You got the splits. He does the splits this, a lot. This is this is yeah. This is the establishment of the fact that. Jean Claude Van Damme can do the splits, and we're gonna we're gonna show this a lot. Oh my god, he's doing yeah, the splits, splits all a the lot. time, and the fucking, every ten <laughs> minutes he gets stretched by ropes. That I thought was great. He's getting, I mean, that was a kind of a badass scene where he's yeah. stretched and, he and then back. he like pulls the po- poles back together. He's strong, to, like, like stand up when he flexes, dude. He looks like a comic book drawing of a, a su- like a superhero character. I'm like, oh yeah, I mean, oh my we're god. Get, if we're getting homoerotic, his body is that's like a. Top five body Every of all time. Every muscle is defined. <laughs> I didn't think that was I possible. Mean, we're, we're talking about some of the best bodies in the world in these yeah. three movies. Yeah, I think I, and his in his frame, his size for like that size. Holy shit! He's only like five nine. I yeah, think, he's too. a tiny little guy. But he is. Yeah, he is. I mean, there's all the cocoa butter rubbed on him. He is looking <laughs> amazing. That and also very low cut tank tops is the fashion. I was like, why does half of your boobies sticking up? You need to see my cleavage. I love Donald Gibb in this as Jackson Ogre from the Revenge of the Nerds. Fucking Donald Gibb's character and uh, their camaraderie. Like- the, the the Donald Gibb, Jean-Claude Van Damme. Like, I didn't remember. I remember them being friends. That's a bromance. But I didn't remember... Yeah, exactly. I didn't remember that how much of like a touching bromance yeah. they actually had in this movie. 
Ogre from Revenge yeah. of the Birds. And they're playing the, that video game, Kung Fu Master, the arcade game. I fucking played that game in the arcades. I was like, oh, shit. I used to play that. It had two joysticks to do the moves. It was like way before Street Fighter and any of that shit. That was the fighting game. What, what does he say? He's like, aren't you too old to be uh, playing video or yeah. something? He starts off video like, games. like Gibbs said something. He's like, aren't you too old to be playing video games? Yeah. And then they're like immediately best friends. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I was surprised. They really even connected. though Donald Gibbs' character is like super gross, right? Because yeah. the first scene you see him, he's on the bus and he just starts hitting on that Asian lady. Oh, yeah. on, it's like you want to be with a fighter. <laughs> oh my god! And 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 Jean Claude Van Damme's character looks at it and just like shakes his head, like fucking guy, fucking guy. Do you remember that scene where 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 that guy where Ogre is hitting a punching bag and that guy walks over to him and asks him about the Kumite? Yeah, and, and it's like the worst acting that you've ever seen. Oh, it's so bad. <laughs> that, that, like I said, that first great. 10 to 15 minutes might be some of the worst acting you'll ever see in your life. Uh, what about the death touch? The What is it called? Like the dim mock? Is that a real thing? How does that work? How did he get that brick at the bottom to fucking explode? Like <laughs> it's, well, it's not a real bullshit. Thing. What is a, the, the, the fucking guy that's um, like their trainer or like their like handler for the weekend? Yeah, oh, that guy, yes. Yeah. It's like, what does it matter if he's a Sadoshi? He's like, Bruce Springsteen could be his Sadoshi. Like, what does it matter? He's like, you can be Tanaka. And, yeah. And when you, when you see the brick crack, like, that's a cool scene, yeah. right? Yeah. And then that's the first line there where you hear Bolo Young, who, by the way, is playing a Korean. Oh. And he's like, definitely Chinese. That's a Korean, Korean flag. Yeah. Yeah, on his head. Chong Lee. It's great. Bolo Young. You get him. That's like he's like that's good, but brick not hit back. <laughs> and like you see him say that, and I, from that point on, I'm like, I don't know if he said any of those fucking lines. <laughs> that might have been all ADR. Oh, somebody yes. else dubbed in. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think he speaks English. <laughs> I don't think he's saying any of that. We do find out Chong Lee's a bad motherfucker. He killed the dude the last time and kills a bunch of dudes. I think this that they time. allude that it, it was his. It was the brother, or like no, his adopted brother, or whatever. His brother. Jean Claude Van Damme's oh, that's uh, who killed. Shidoshi's no, no, son. No, that, that's from the that's from um that's from Kickboxer. Kickboxer is oh, when, right, when, right, right, when right. the evil villain kills his brother. He does Kickboxer or, later. Uh, he does yeah. Kickboxer later. Yeah, yeah. Years later. Kickboxer is basically Bloodsport. Yeah, I mean it's the same movie. I love the yeah. fight montage. But let me ask you this: Was there? Did I see this right? Was there a moment where this guy gets a flying kick to the head and he spins the wrong way? Like he spins oh, yeah. the way the one hundred percent came. I was like, wait a minute, why did he turn this way when the guy kicked him from the, this way? There's some punches that like are, are choreographed really well in kicks. There's some that clearly don't land. Oh, there's some that you see, yeah, from a <laughs> mile away. The guy didn't get close, but some of it looks not bad. I, no, some of it there's some, there's some true athleticism. There's like one guy. He doesn't even look like he knows how to do karate. He kind of looks like Screech. Oh yes. <laughs> yes, he just looks so bad. I think he's fighting the the, the he black fight, dude. He fights. He fights Gib. Donald Gib whoops his oh, ass. He oh, fucks oh, him up. That's the first well, guy he fucks up. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. I'm t- there's another guy that's even worse. I think. Um. Yeah. There's some really bad. Like, if you're not looking at the main guy, there's some really bad guys, especially the white dudes that are really terrible. They're uncoordinated. I, I do have to say though, right? Like when we're talking about villains, like especially in comparison to the last movie. Right away, they established Bolo yeah, Young you know he's, as Chong Li yeah. as like one of the baddest motherfuckers. Like the music is like, and you're waiting. You're like, oh, this is gonna be the last guy. The first fight scene, he he knocks the guy out in like a record time, and and he and like his celebration where he has like the crazy eyes and he's just like pumping his arms up and down, like Chong Li, Chong Li, and he's got like 
this is like peak steroid era, right? So like his chest is like unimaginable. Like it's so gigantic. It's like it's like the world is on his fucking body. He's huge. I mean, he is. I I I remember even as a kid, I'm like, my God, that man is is he's a terrifying man. That's a terrifying human being to look at. They they do they do a fantastic job of making Bolo Young like diabolical yeah and, in that fucking yeah, kumite and menacing and you're the whole time you're waiting you're like oh i can't wait till he has to fight fucking dukes but, but that's the thing like this movie like we, we talked about like some other stuff where they don't establish the villain right away and you don't really know what you're looking forward to like this movie right off the bat yep. is like jean-claude van damme's sexy ass versus bolo young we're building <laughs> this is what we're building, building to this we're, and we're going to use so, a tournament to do let's this let's talk about like some of the subplots this, here yeah, so. i was going to say there's a little bit of story because you have forrest whitaker in here running yeah. around chasing him and then you got a reporter and he does bang the reporter so that happens yeah so the, the guys from the army are trying to track him down because he went a right. to do yep. this kumite so there's two army guys looking for uh, Frank dudes and they're going to the uh, the police and they're going to the local police and trying to figure it out. And there's a a girl reporter that's trying to find out about the Kumite. She wants in, and uh, you know Jean Claude Van Damme saves her from this guy who's for some reason wearing a, a headdress. Yeah, is with this, a gold tooth. Is this an like, Asian Arab fighter? Yeah. What's going on here? <laughs> that <laughs> like, actor, I did some. That actor is definitely like Filipino or Asian, and he's definitely playing someone from the Middle East. So the whole yeah. Arab contingent, they had it all wrong because they had that dude in front, and there was like definitely Indian guys behind him. None of yeah, these my people favorite were, guy were is the, my my favorite guy in the whole movie who has the line like right there where he. The girl rejects him, and then he—I forgot what he says—but his his face was like there's no expression None. on his face as he says it. <laughs> yeah, that guy, that guy could act less than everyone else in the movie. <laughs> what did he say? And he saw it was something about uh, him not needing a real man or something. I don't remember, but like it was. Well, they're doing the whole like '80s trope where it's like girl in a bar, the evil guy just shows how badass he is, yeah. and he's like just intimidates the girl to take her back home. It's like, I'm so badass that if even if you say no to me, I'm just going to take you home and like take advantage. Manhandle you. Yeah, because yeah. I'm just a man, and this is how things work in this fucking world. And then Jean-Claude Van Damme comes, and like the, there's a knight in shining armor, yep. but he's got ulterior motives. The thing is, he, like, this wouldn't work well either because he's the knight in shining armor, but he's like, I'll, I'll challenge you to a game for the girl. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he does. He's like, like, it's like, he's like, it's like a parlor trick. He's like, if you can take this out of my hand, or if I can take this out of your hand before I get it, I get the keeper. It's like, like now you're mine. And she just is like, yeah. what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I'm standing right here. What are you guys talking about? That is true. I didn't even think about it that way. Like, definitely does not age well. He's like, I but wish. Then she's she mine. actually like starts using her yeah her womanly her feminine wiles yeah, to like to get what she wants. Manipulate Jean Claude to get her into the cool I mean, day, she, but she gets into the fight without him. You wait, know. wait be, before you get into that. Yeah. Another, this is a theme here. They do the sex scene. You don't see any boobs. No, you don't even see but any sex. You cut to you cut to Jean Claude Van Damme putting his underwear. On. Yes, you see, see his ass. See yeah. his ass, see his we'll ass see. and him in underwear. Yes, we'll see. This so movie. this is like a good middle ground because you, the next movie you see a lot more. And before we just saw Arnold in the speedo. <laughs> now you got Jean Claude Van Damme putting on the speedo. It's a little <laughs> transition. Absolutely. I was like, you didn't show me the boobs. 
But are there boobs in this movie at all? I don't there are no boobs. There's in no, this one, this one no, has zero no boobs. No boobs. Uh, I, I love Forrest Whitaker has a great line with it when he has the taser. And he got. I mean, if you count Chong, Chong Lee's boobs, well, that, okay, boobs. that counts. I, or actually, the sumo wrestler guy has. I boobs. was going to say there's a lot of male there's boobs. Male boobs. This, yeah, this there's a lot of male boobs. boobs. Uh, but Forrest Whitaker goes. You want to shit sparks as he threatens him with the fucking taser. It's great. I mean, that that scene, that subplot that Rugboy was mentioning where the the agents, I guess, are trying to get him back. Yeah. Like, there's a whole chase there's scene. There's a chase scene, yes. Where it's like he's Barney and with Fife them. are fucking chasing this guy. I know, he's guy. just playing with them. Like, yeah, it, they, it, was like, it was like some fucking, like, uh, Benny Hill shit. It yeah. was. He's sitting down waiting for them. He's like, I'm over here, guys. Come get me. It, it was, was literally like, like we want to do this funny chase scene, and we want to show off how beautiful Hong Kong is. Yeah. So we're just going to have these guys, like, stumble over each other trying to chase this fucking are, guy and they have no chance in, whatsoever. Jean-Claude is all graceful yes. and, and in, comedic. You in, know? Incompetent cops. I did like that they filmed it all on location in Hong Kong. That was kind of cool. Well, that's the thing, right? Yeah. Like These movies didn't have the luxury of just being in front of a green screen. Yeah. So they, they were like, there. well, we're making yeah. a movie in Hong Kong about the Kumite. We got to go to Hong Kong. Uh, like This is what we're doing. And they say Kumite a lot and they sing it. The music is great, especially when they're singing oh. Kumite. The music, <laughs> the I throw fantastic. on that fucking Kumite song. Stan Bush. Yeah. With, by Stan Bush. Yeah. The music, that fucking pumps me up all the time. I've, I've been driving with that in the car. <laughs> that is good workout music. Kumite. Kumite. So, so the fight montage is great. And let's get to the final couple of showdowns because what happens is Chong Lee has to fight Jackson, right? And he fucks. I thought he killed Jackson initially. He fucks him up bad. No, sends Jackson him to the hospital. up in, in the hospital. Yeah, he's and got then a hard they, fucking head. Yeah, yeah. I thought he was dead. Well, they, they do a good job, like of escalating Chong Lee, right? So, like, first, first, first uh, fight knocks the guys out in world record. Jean Claude Van Damme beats that, so Chong Lee's like pissed. Yeah. So, like, one of the the next fight, he takes out Michael Kissy and breaks his fucking leg. Yeah. And you oh, see yeah. that fucking even as a kid, they I remember show, that was like, oh my they god, show the bone. Yes, yeah, leg comes out yeah, of the compound fractures his out. fucking leg. Yeah. Then he like beats up his best friend and fucking curb stomps his best yeah, friend. Right. Yeah. Then he by the end before the the final fight he kills a man. Yeah, he does kill the dude, fucking right in the, the ring. guy's like completely incapacity and he fucking fucking takes his head out with his with like a palm that was and they, crazy like, they stand the up Kumite, yeah, like yeah, can't, stands up like they really do a good job of being like oh my god so, like this guy's diabolical and we got to kill him. that was like a moment of silence for that fallen warrior kind of thing is that that's what yep. i kind of read i was like oh, oh yeah. fuck and he's all they pissed. Were, they, well they were all like it was one of those where it was like you had him beat yeah it was dishonorable yeah you didn't yeah. have to kill him but and at this point also before the final fight we have seen van van damme do this great splits nut punch his oh, signature move. They do a great job with Van Damme too. Like his first fight, yeah. world record, yeah, right? Yep. He there's the fight with the <laughs> with the African American guy that like monkey style. Like no, 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 not that oh, guy. Not that guy. The one that like for whatever reason is in the movie for like two seconds, but like gives him the throat slash oh, and like right. breaks. Oh right. And he just knocks him out yeah, right away. Yeah. There's the 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 the, the giant sumo guy that he takes out. One dude barely they, put up a fight at all. It went down right away. I yeah, think that's he's talking about. John claude Van Damme does the split and like punches the sumo guy like in the nuts. That's like, the like he was nuts. like fisting his asshole. Like it was like really in there. And then yeah. an underrated fight is him and Paco where they're doing the kick oh, to the bodies of right. each other. He's letting like, him this kick is him. fucking badass. He's just taking the kicks. Yeah, because yeah. that was like part of the training. But you know, 
and he's just yeah, like, they're, they're just literally like, who can kick each other in the ribs harder? Yeah. So then when he finally fights Chong, the last Chong guy, Lee, and you're like, oh shit, this is it. Chong Lee has to cheat. I know yeah. that guy's a fucking cheater. He throws a fucking salt pill crumbled then, up into his eyes. Which leads up to one of the best moments of John Claude Van Damme acting that you've ever now, seen. Yes. Now you're stretching his <laughs> acting where he's pretending to act blind. Of course, blindfold training coming no, in. No, this is what happens. Yeah. Can I explain yes, this? You describe. So Chong Lee gets a little like, pill that he squishes into a powder and throws it into John claude Van Damme's eyes and he can't see he's blinded so uh as usually when you're blinded you you have crazy eyes and then you <laughs> scream in slow motion well, I don't know why for he, about two minutes why is he scream? I'm like the dude's out there he's gonna punch you why are you screaming he's just like ah! I think it's supposed to he's supposed to show that he's like frustrated with what's yeah. going on yeah, yeah. how about you great. keep you calm in a moment like this fucking Frank Dukes this he, is what they trained you to do then he brilliantly uses his leg to create this like perimeter like kick. Oh yeah. So he can mm-hmm. try to find where he is and then like kind of graze him and like it was just it's kind well, of fun. And he and he uses like the referee to like get his bearings right. of where he is. He didn't punch the referee. He knew that was the referee, even though he's blind. Right, right. But right. this is the blindfold training flashback where he can serve tea blindfold. Right. Callback, yeah, yeah. Callback. Well what one of the funny things though about that scene that I, I noticed upon rewatch is in the beginning of the movie, the the Kumite ring is like a flat surface. Yeah, this was confusing. By the end, it's wedged it in the middle. It turns into like a skate park. Yeah, why is it on a ramp now? Because <laughs> it, it pushes them towards each other. Right. It just there was why no consistency in the, Why didn't it start There was no like consistency yeah. in the in the ring. Yeah. Like they they clearly, I think they wanted it to be the skate park type thing. Yeah. But like they, depending on the scene, they had to like make it a flat if surface so they could do more stuff. If you look at the beginning of the movie. The master trains him in that kind of ring. Oh, oh I noticed yeah. that the too. ring is sloped like that. So I feel like they never explain it, but I think it's because at, at you know when it comes to the the last battle, the ground is like use it. You have yeah. it pushes you towards it harder to back up. So it kind of keeps the fighters at each other. I was confused too. I was like, why is the floor pitched up like that? off balance. Yeah. yeah, I mean that that music though during the fight ending fight scene where he's like. Like they're like ding, 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 ding. and he's like doing the jump kicks where you like this is the like the establishment that like holy shit like Jean Claude Van Damme is athletic as fuck because he's just doing jumping turning side kicks and they look over great. and over they look amazing yeah the flying fucking sidekick it's like perfect like perfect when you freeze it well it's kind of one it it's it's weird because if you're watching like Jackie Chan like all throughout the like early 80s like he's been doing this shit like all day long sure but for a person that is not in the hong kong cinema to be moving this gracefully and that it and not only that but is that built too has that much of a physique so it was a combination of things you didn't really see you never saw a guy with like his arnold physique like if you took arnold and shrunk him down yeah and then all of a sudden gave him like some bruce lee-esque or or some great like martial arts moves like you know being able to put his legs up in places and move his body in a certain way it was something you never saw before really what about that move where he flips over chong lee and then you just see his leg come up from in front of him and kick chong lee in the back <laughs> that was amazing i was like what happened there wait a minute but those splits <laughs> that's just not easy to do to hold those no. splits at all I mean, he does them he has to have done the splits six six or seven yes, times in least, the movie at least and there's one point where donald gibb catches mm-hmm. him doing the splits and he's like his On line goes he's like Man, that just hurts me looking at yes. it. Yes, and then and then he goes, 
man, you might want to, you might want to stop that. You, you might want to have some kids someday. <laughs> like, hey, just what? in his hotel room. Yeah. Like, <laughs> on two chairs. On two chairs doing the fucking splits. But the most impressive one is the one where he's doing the splits on the top on of the that building. Roof. Yeah, that's a great that, shot. Uh, that's a cool that, shot. That's got to be real. Like, he's, def- they definitely were like, Yo, can you do the splits on top of that He's thing like, on top sure. of this fucking gigantic building? He's like, I'll go do it. I don't it's know if shot. that's real or not. I don't know. I, how, I, how, how would they fake it? It's that? a great shot. I don't I don't know. I know that the cannon doesn't have the money to like do it, but like Oh, you know they I, snuck up there and just fucking shot it. But that was like a helicopter shot or something, too. Yeah. yeah. Huh. I was like, whoa. Yeah. There there's a couple things I wrote down. There's some random things from this this fucking movie. So right off the bat, in when they're going to the Kumite. There's a weird cut where like they cut to this like grainy footage where they're like trying to make this like a horror movie oh. going through this alley. Oh right, yeah, that? yeah, yeah, the alley, the it's hallway. Like, and it's like, whoa, this is like it looks way different than the rest of the movie. Like it's definitely not filmed on the same film. That's the scene where the guys are there and they find him, and then the, the officer goes get him, and just two guys come out of a, two different no, no, doorways. This, no, no, this That's is the beginning. One. Oh, the very it's beginning. The, that that what you're talking about is the end. I'm talking about. The beginning when they first like go through the underground tunnel. Oh, to go to the okay. That that one. There's a couple scenes where I laughed. There's the one where when uh, Jean Claude Van Damme fights the Asian Arab, <laughs> yes. and he knocks his fucking tooth out, oh, yeah. and the janitor sees and the it and like fucking just takes it, it. <laughs> bites it. Is this real gold? He bites yeah, it. Yeah, it's real gold. I'm taking this. He bites it. That was funny. This, that was good. There's the scene where um, at the end, like Jean Claude Van Damme's late, right? And uh, that bookie loves yeah. Frank Dukes, yeah. and he's like late never too late and he sticks the money in and john claude van damme shows and up he grabs the and, money and he immediately yeah, takes the money I, I got that too uh, my <laughs> other favorite part is by the end of it the fucking cops are cheering him on too the guys oh my who are trying to get him they're like yeah freak and they're all into one it. of my favorite lines is when uh the cops are at the the, the restaurant and then the the uh the, the asian cop shows up that you know from the town and he's like mm-hmm. i never eat here they're like they're playing it off like the food is so bad that like Forrest Ritter takes his meal and feeds it to like throws it to the dog and the dog doesn't eat it either the dog's like I'm not eating this and they're just like it's like Jesus Hong Kong can't make good like what are you guys doing what is this this say a lot of competition man the um there was one more what I would I have to let's find this real quick they're in the extras whenever they cut to the crowd there's this old, like, 70-year-old man that, like, waves his arms every time. <laughs> it's, like, the same shot every time. He's just, like, waving his arms. I couldn't I couldn't stop laughing You're like, at that. that guy. What about that guy? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so many freaking... I mean, it. the movie is, like... It, it appeals because, again, like, similar to Commando, it's just, like, quintessential 80s. Yeah. Strong, gigantic person or looking... Someone that like looks very physically tough versus a diabolical villain, and you just make it a tournament, and it's just like the movie writes itself. Yeah, and this has the trope easy. of the the tournament trope. This adds another level now, mm-hmm. which is the tournament trope. It adds uh, martial arts where Arnold is just shooting them up and like you know doing fisticuffs. This adds like a level of martial arts, and you get to you get exposed to some martial arts. You get exposed to some culture. You get to see some. You know, Asian culture during this film. Well, Anthony, so, is this what got you into like MMA and UFC? It seems to be very early predecessor to a mixed martial arts thing that happened. Yeah, I mean, this was one of my one of my favorite movies. So I could say, yeah, it was on the you know was one of those movies that eventually pushed me towards enjoying real fighting. That makes because sense. 
I mean, I remember watching this with my cousin, and we'd be like, like talking about how at the time how real we thought it looked. We were like, this is amazing. Like, this is an insane. Movie. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, that this is it's a perfect capture of the time. It did have three direct to video sequels that John Claude is not in. Not involved. No. Uh, probably. Have you watched any of those? No. No. no yeah, I don't no, think they're no. worth watching. No. But wow, fun movie. Yeah. Um, let's rate it. What would you give it? Uh, man, this is a tough one. I'm going to go seven and a half out of 10. I think commando is a little better in terms of the rating overall. I think what draws us back is that is the first 10, 15 minutes is truly atrocious. Yeah. Um, Van Damme is not a very good actor at all in this movie either. Like the, the, the part where he, he, Donald Gibbs about to get his head stomped and he's like, stop. No. Yeah. So bad. But, Similar to Commando, lots of unintentional comedy, yep. lots of actually intentional comedy, yep. and I mean, this is the the quintessential, like one of the quintessential white guy martial arts tournament movies, and and Bolo Young is awesome. Bolo Young is great. So He's just with such a presence. But yeah, it's the white guy goes to Hong Kong and beats all the Asian people in there. Yeah, okay. it's kind of the white savior thing, yeah. but it's 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 fun and and it's even more fun because Frank Dukes was like super involved in the movie and like. He just become like a reveal that's a complete sham. So like that's just the the story behind the movie's funny. <laughs> that, Everything yeah. is just like and it's Jean Claude Van Damme's like kind of his break in the, yeah, into, it does, the American. At the cinema. end it does tell you that it's based off of Frank Dukes. And then yeah, simple Google search and you realize Frank Dukes was full of bullshit for a lot of these yeah, stories. Yeah. <laughs> like he's wearing fucking Halloween military costumes and wrong medals and pictures and yeah. the guy's full of bullshit. He's so full of shit. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give it looking at the criteria here. It doesn't quite tick all the boxes, but the boxes, it does take it more than makes up. It does it all the way. You know, your macho lead, the action, the music, the villains. So I'm also going to give it a seven. I could have used some more explosions. Uh, what I put that, but I don't know where you put an explosion. It's not an explosion movie, obviously. No, but I'll give it a seven out of 10 rugs. What about you? I think I'm also going to go seven out of 10. I feel like, this movie is very memorable. It's number one. You don't forget it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's definitely memorable. It does have like, like I, I always laugh when I see young John, 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 uh, Frank Dukes. I was going to say John Claude Van Damme, but it's young Frank Dukes. That kid with the bad accent makes me laugh every time. <laughs> I always fucking it's laugh so my ass off at how bad that awkward. is. Um, it's got so much like it. First of all, it's the cheapest movie uh, uh, of all of yes. them that we're talking yes. about. It's like a million dollar movie, Bare maybe bones. 1.5. Yeah. It's a B movie. Yeah. And it does for that, for that B movie price tag, you do get a pretty compelling tournament film, you yeah. know, yeah. that probably stands up to something that's twice its price easily. So I feel like that you get your bang for your buck, even though, yeah, it's very evident that they made this with zero money and inexperienced actors. And even the director, like uh, his edits and the way the movies piece together is kind of very like that montage in the beginning yeah. where he's looking at the sword yeah, really just bad. goes on forever yeah. and ever and ever. Yeah. And it, 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 you know, you know, it could have used a little bit more panache, but like it still holds up like yeah. as a tournament film. So it's a miracle film, I think. So I I enjoyed it. I was entertained thoroughly. I love the soundtrack. I, oh, I you know, it's great. So I definitely, it's one of the good ones. Okay, and then where does this land in the Jean Claude? Well, one more thing yeah. I, I wrote down. I got to say yes. it. 
there's the scene after uh, Donald Gibbs' character gets stopped. Yeah. And he's in the hospital. Yeah. And <laughs> I didn't realize it till I'm watching it this 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 last time. He's in the he's on the bus and they have another Stan Bush song, song playing. Yes. And he sees Bolo uh, Chong Lee oh, yeah. in the glass. Yeah. They literally they stole that from Rocky Four. Wait, but yeah. he was like, imagine he wasn't really there, right? He yeah. thought he saw. They, they him. stole that from Rocky really? Four when Rocky Four. Yeah, Rocky Four when when Apollo Creed dies. He sees him. Stallone is going in his car like with the song playing, and he's seeing shots oh, of, shit. of Drago killing oh, fucking shit. Apollo. It's the same thing. Oh my god, they stole it. Yeah. Rocky Four did come out before this. Yes, it did. Rocky yeah. Four came out absolutely. Uh, Anthony, to you, where does this land amongst the Van Damme movies? This is kind of a hard question. This is a harder question. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, it might be his. It might be his, his most iconic. Might, I don't yes. think he's a. He's he's not obviously. He's a better actor later on. Um, but I think this might be his most iconic movie. I I always love Universal of, Soldier. Yeah, Universal Soldier's good. But as far as Jean Claude Van Damme being Jean Claude Van Damme, I think he's doing martial arts. That's what he's great at. He's doing the splits. He's doing the kicks. I think that there's other movies where. I don't know if Kickboxer is a better movie, but mm. it's definitely he definitely does a lot of the same stuff. Yes, right in that movie. So, you, but this is the first one, right? So, yeah, right. Um, yeah. Then he's 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 ascended to more like high profile films. He had that one Hard Target where John Woo directed it. Right, in the in the nineties, you got you know your Time Cop, your Street Fighter. Yeah. Uh, sudden death. All these maximum, maximum double race, impact. Double impact. Double, double team. impact. Where he played, he, he's himself twice. Yes. <laughs> I never in my life wear silk underwear. I, no, I would agree <laughs> that this is probably one of his like more recognizable. Like if you say Jean-Claude Van Damme, you're going to think of this movie uh, probably in the first five movies you talk about. Yeah. I like you. I mean, Universal Soldier is actually pretty good. I like Universal. That's Soldier. with the Dolph Lundgren. I think, is theory. that Roland Emmerich that did that? Who did Universal that? Universal Soldier, directed by Roland Emmerich. Yeah. You are wow. right, Rugs. I know a little something. Mm, Dolph and Jean. Yeah, well, he's got yeah, Dolph. Got Dolph, Dolph, he's in got there. Dolph to play well, off well, of. You know. The thing is, too, is like he. So, like in this era, you still had Stallone. You still had Schwarzenegger going strong, but it was like him and like Seagal were kind of doing the same yes, thing. Yes, they in the were late eighties, early nineties. Absolutely, now. yeah. In their own ways. Those two are in competition, kind of. Another funny thing about Universal Soldier is that in that movie, he also hooks up with a blonde reporter. <laughs> and I think in Hard Target, too. Probably in he? every movie. It's- he hooks up with um one of the Arquettes in one of these <laughs> oh. movies. In, that was uh, the one where he's Nowhere to like, Run, I think. Yeah, yeah Nowhere, to, nowhere run. to Run. Yeah, Rosanna, He hooks up with Rosanna Arquette. That was one of the first times I saw boobies in a movie. Ooh. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> is this is my more adult film. well no that's good that's blood sport fantastic rugs you're up to bet it's your pick so i had so many movies i wanted to pick but i was like which one do i put anthony through that's the one that i was that's how i was thinking about this and i was like you know what like there's a movie that came out but nobody really seems to talk about it that often and i was trying to go i was like thinking about roadhouse and i was like you know what? Patrick Swayze had the fucking best hair. But then I thought about this movie and the hair that's in this movie is almost rivals Patrick Swayze's hair. Kurt Russell's fucking do in this hair in this movie. His hairdo is just fucking magnificent. It's like a mane. So I was like, we got to do tango and cash two for the price of one Stallone, Russell, uh, Stallone playing against type Russell kind of, 
he missed out on Lethal Weapon, so he kind of does his version of <laughs> Mel Gibson in this movie. He was the last pick for this. In fact, Swayze was supposed to get the role, but he leaves and does Roadhouse. They wanted yes. Arnold against Stallone. I know that would have been even that crazier. Been crazy. that, I mean that that would have broken every box yeah. office record, yeah. possibly in '89. And uh, the movie uh, had a lot of trouble getting to the screen, much like Cobra and all the other. Any ones movie Stallone that, is involved in, pretty much. Yeah, because Stallone's a stickler and an asshole, so yeah. like he uh, kind of takes over every film that he's on. And uh, I, I, he, he is kind of a control freak and kind of like gets involved too much. So, um, but I always thought that this movie was kind of really silly and funny and it had, it was just a ridiculous eighties movie and it had like all of this stuff like cops. Um, it had like a maniacal villain that was like out of a James Bond movie that had like <laughs> pet, like a weird pets. It had, oh God. it has boobs. It's a weird movie. It has, it has, uh, like a James Bond, like type Q guy that makes crazy weapons for Kurt Russell for no apparent reason. It has like all the crazy is a prison scene. It had, and it has like g- other guys from eighties movies oh, that yeah. are in this as the bad guys. So you also have young Terry Hatcher, but right. your bad guys are amazing character actors. Jack Palance, right? Brian James, right? James Hong, who's been in everything. Do you realize James Hong has been acting since 1954? He has 449 acting credits, and he is Jesus. still working. Damn. He's he's amazing. So a little more context. Some notable things about this. This came out in 1989. It was actually the very last released movie of the 80s, technically. This is the last, wow. the very end. So we are at the end of the 80s. We are also at the most expensive out of the three. Yeah, this is a real movie. Yeah. With a budget of fifty-four million dollars, it, yeah. it goes on to make a hundred and twenty million and huge VHS sales and rentals afterwards. So this one is also a box office success. The credited director is Andre Konchalovsky. Konchalovsky. Figure that one out. Anyways, I say credit it because this what Stallone does. He comes in, he fires the director, he rewrites the thing. Randy Feldman gets writing credit, but a bunch of people wrote on this. Stallone was writing lines as they were going on. He he fired the director, replaced him with someone named Albert Magnoli, who does not get credit. But yeah, this is just like Cobra, where he's just like, I'm going to do this my way. We're going to, I'm changing everything. Yeah. Fucking Stallone. <laughs> yeah, this movie, uh, as far as like, what I thought of it, I also have. I I was like, did I ever see this movie? And then I re- saw the scene where uh, Terry Hatcher was in dancing, and yes. I'm like, oh yeah, I remember I've this. Seen this movie. I fucking seen this. And movie. Playing the drums for some reason. Yeah, <laughs> Terry Hatcher, bro. Great oh. A. Um, yeah, this one was uh This is an interesting watch as an adult because, like, I mentioned Forty Eight Hours earlier. I mentioned, or you, you brought up Lethal Weapon. Yeah. Like, this is clearly aping off of those movies. Yeah. Absolutely, and, and it like, like Kurt Russell is good in this movie, although he's kind of like just bonkers. Yeah. And then Sylvester Stallone, the like weird, the way they have it, it's such a weird, it's such role. a weird he's, delivery of everything. Well, he, and his he wanted to play against type, right? He didn't want to yeah. be the dumb guy like Rocky or he's whatever. Always in a three piece suit. He's a billionaire stockbroker, but why does he? If he's got all this money, why for the you, action? He loves yeah, action. Why are you copies like for the action? The, the line delivery rugs on him is like it's. He's like everything. He's like. Well, it's a little, yeah. it's a little like this. It's a little like this. It's like, 
Why is he saying the lines like you this? You notice he talks, he ends up talking faster when there's like action. He'll just like slur all the words together. Like sometimes <laughs> he'll be slow. And then when the things pick up, he just goes. Blah, 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 blah. He was really trying to like change his reputation. He was trying to like do a pivot and get away from Rocky and ran Rambo. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he kind of did this, but didn't really think it through. And I think that's one of the reasons I think it's funny because I'm um, like, this character doesn't make any sense. Like he's a stockbroker. <laughs> yes. He's a millionaire. He wears three piece suits and he's all intelligent, but like, it just, it, it, and not only that, but like the writing in this movie is just so all over the place. It's like some things don't work at all. Oh my God. It is. Some the, of the lines are just horrible. All the lines are made up of attempted one liners and most of them don't work, mm-hmm. but it's no. literally just, they're trying to throw every one line at the thing. What rugs quickly. What is the synopsis of this movie? So, okay, so Tango and Cash are two L.A. cops that are, like, the top cops. Uh, Tango is played by Sylvester Stallone, and he's, like, the billionaire stockbroker cop who is, like, super smart and, you know, all super intelligent. Ray Tango, yeah. And and then Cash is played by Kurt Russell. He's, like, uh, a crazy, you know, unpredictable slob that – for some reason has advanced weaponry all the time <laughs> and um, just makes his own rules and does his own thing. Kind of like he's Mel Gibson. He's Mel Gibson. Yeah. You got one by the book guy and one not by the book guy. Yeah. yeah. It was a Riggs rig. Yes. Yeah, he's yeah. Mel Gibson. Yeah. And so anyway, um, these two cops are just fucking taking down all of this drug trade, all this gang activity, just really affecting Jack Palance's bad guys uh, bottom line. So, and he's in cahoots with like, two different other mafias, I believe. And they all decide that they're going to frame them and get them, throw them in jail because they don't want to martyr them for whatever reason. Yeah. That's some reason they don't want to martyr. They don't want to kill them. So they want to throw them in jail and let them die in jail, which is, th- which is going to happen if you throw them in jail. So they, they get thrown in jail with all the people that they put in jail, which is like everybody in jail, <laughs> they put in jail. And so they have to escape prison and then somehow and take down Jack Palance. Yeah. And take down Jack Palance. And uh, th- this involves um, all kinds of f- fun stuff, but they eventually end up with this fucking a team tank. Oh yeah. It's a van that, yeah. or a truck that it's like all food with missiles and shit. And there's like explosions everywhere. There's so many explosions. There's way. like a, a, you know, mono, mono fight scene. There's uh, uh, in the beginning, Kurt Russell is is doing like a, an action sequence in the parking lot and just, just people fucking in the car. Oh my and God, you see there's tits. boobies early in this movie. <laughs> that's just a random couple, naked couple having sex in this car in this parking lot. They did not need to be no, there at all. No, no, no. Was just but it's like the motel. So oh, there's a car. Yeah. You can put boobies in there. This is a motel. Yeah. You put boobies in there. Like, where are we going to put tits in this movie? Well, where are we the beginning opening, the introduction <laughs> to Tango is fantastic because first you get Stallone going, Rambo is a pussy. A little self-aware call yeah, back. He, so he 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 pulls over the he he takes down this this truck semi truck. It's a semi truck <laughs> with like a big oil rig yes. in the back, and then he's like, "Oh, what do you think, you're Rambo?" He's like, Ram- "Rambo's a pussy." Then he shoots the oil rig, and then cocaine just starts boiling out of the oil rig. He goes and tastes it, and he goes, "You want to get high?" <laughs> and then- well, the one-liners are so bad. Like he's first of all, he's shooting at him from like a mile away. And hitting right. the fucking thing. And then for some reason he shoots and and it hits the brakes and the semi <laughs> just stops right before him. And then it stops. And then two guys come flying out and he goes, oh, thanks for dropping in. 
And then he holds up <laughs> he holds up the handcuffs. He goes, "Do you like jewelry? Like these are horrible one liners." Yeah, when I, was, when I was watching the film, I was like, like Commando was somewhat kind of in on the joke. This movie is definitely trying to be in on the joke. Yes. Right? Like this is late eighties yeah. now, and they're like, we've seen a shit ton of these Everything's movies. Been done. So we're we know we're self acknowledging. Like right away you mentioned the Rambo yeah. thing. Like they this is a movie when I was watching, I'm like, they're trying to make a parody of themselves yeah. right now. Yeah. But the problem is I think Stallone wanted it to be a more serious movie or somebody did and then it just didn't end up that way. Well, no, I don't, I don't know if it was Stallone or not but clearly well, the director, not everyone was on the no, same they page. Were, and people thought they were doing all sorts of crazy different things. Like Brian James the bad guy has said, he's like I just did a fucking cockney accent for no reason. I don't know why I was doing it. <laughs> and it's so bad. I, I was when I was watching it, I was like, what accent is he trying to do? Broad, is he Austra- I was like, is he Australian? Yeah, it's this generic, broad, cockney accent. Mm-hmm. It's not very good. Yeah, bad cop, worse cop. Oh, that's so bad. <laughs> uh, I, okay, here's the thing I love. When you meet the bad guys, Jack Palance, for some reason, has mice in a little case and loves to sniff the mice and cuddle the mice <laughs> and has built a rat maze just to illustrate a point. Like, you could have just told him you want to trap him in prison. You didn't need to build this fucking rat maze in your desk. I want a maze. He's like, let me show you what I'm talking about. And I'm like, why do you have a rat maze in your desk? This is all very strange. Yeah. He is a crazy villain, though. He He is is kind of out of place. It's funny how, like, they don't even really get to meet up in the end for very long. Like, there's no confrontation with him and the rest of them. They just get shot. Jack Palance, my favorite Jack Palance scene in this movie is similar to the Bennett scene in Commando, yes. where he's watching them oh, on the yeah. screens get attacked, like, and he's just no, like, yes, 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 get him, get him, get him. Like, he's orgasming, <laughs> thinking about like them dying. I'm like, why is there another movie that where the villain is orgasming, thinking about the, the, the heroes dying? But they don't. I don't even think they're in the same shot ever together, the heroes and the bad guy. He's got some weird revolving mirror hallway thing, and yeah. Oh, yeah. They do the Enter to the Dragon. Yeah, yeah that's the like, dragon <laughs> what they're doing. What are you thinking about the prison thing? They're, they're, first of all, they're bare oh, ass in the prison. There we go. Oh. So we've escalated from man in Speedo to man putting on Speedo to just bare asses taking a shower together. <laughs> bare asses and just dick jokes. Oh, yes. Little, he calls him Pee Wee. But Stallone called him uh, Elephant Man at one point. But I think these two also want to fuck. Like, they're definitely got a bromance going on. There's some there, tension There's there. definitely some weird sexual yeah, tension going this, on between the, them. It's the 80s homoeroticism, unintended, that always ends up coming out of the No, movie. I think it was intentional. No, was I think that was intentional. intended. Okay. Yeah. They, th- this is movie is just trying to be an I bet that I was Stallone's idea. I think that there's like, look, if you look back in like, you know, Greek sculpture or Roman sculpture, there's always been an eroticism. Yeah. Especially when a lot of these people who did these sculptures were into dudes. So there is kind of like this thing baked into like this classical, like idealized people. So Stallone being one of the most idealized physiques that we know, it's just, it just baked in like this. Mm. There's a little bit of slight homoeroticism to this, but all at the same time, I wasn't when I was a kid watching it thinking I wanted to bang him. I just wanted to be yeah. him. I yeah, wanted to have yeah. those muscles. Yeah, so it was like a Greek. I think guy. as you get older and you know about you know things going in the butthole, you know, and stuff like that, you don't know that as a kid. You really don't. So it's like you just, just think about it that way. This man ass is always hilarious. Well, that prison scene when they first walk. Oh my god! In, what kind of prison is this? I yeah. I I literally wrote down. <laughs> 
Why are there live fires in this fires. indoor prison? I'm like, what? why isn't anybody putting out the fires? Everyone's like, oh, it's fine. It's fire. Oh, yeah. They walk by. How much paper do they yes. have to Where be Where are they getting all, all these magazines? <laughs> With a ticker tape Yeah, they got to parade. I was like, what the fuck kind of prison And then Stallone, like that guy with the big face, the big jaw why guy. Why is that guy's face all swollen? What's happened to him? <laughs> Like he's in a lot of movies. He's like a, another ba- 80s bad guy that's in all those movies. Yes. And he like grabs his face and slams it into the bar after he tells him that he was going <laughs> to anally rape him. <laughs> so long just his response is let me just grab your head and smash it against the So uh, a couple of crossovers, Cash at one point does do the splits nut punch, which is a clear homage to Van Damme and Bloodsport. You notice that? He does that to a guy. And then this dude gets electrocuted, but he actually dies this time. He doesn't walk away from it. Yeah, weren't weren't the uh, boys up? Uh, they were no, hanging, they were, and they were electrocuted. Oh, they were electrocuted too. Oh, they they were were electrocuted also too. Electrocuted. Yeah, that was hilarious acting. They no were one tortured dies in, from electrocution. Yeah, yes. No one dies. Sure, they didn't sure die. Bad. That's true. They were tortured in a truly ridiculous scene where yeah. Jack Palance is just hiding. Why in the basement is he of a there? Prison. Even I'm like, <laughs> you hey, just tell him to kill him. Why do you have to be there? It made no sense. <laughs> Eve's parrot. I was like, why are you even at the prison? Him and Brian James's character are just hanging out at the bottom. Like their their diabolical plan yeah. is to be in the basement of the prison <laughs> and watch these guys get tortured. It's like, what? Why you don't need you to don't be there? To so be they there. they escape because the guards end up showing up. Yeah, and then somebody helps them escape from prison. Guys, yeah. yeah. it's the the yeah yeah, yeah Tango's or uh, is it it's Tango Cash. or Kurt Russell's guy? Friend. Yeah, his friend helps them a little, a little bit, bit. Get like and get then out. he gets killed. They get everybody killed, and then they escape. And they're both wanted criminals. By the way, all every plot point is told to you via newspaper clippings. Did you notice that? Right. Yes, the that's true. The whole trial and when they escape, everything is told in newspaper clippings. Everybody sees their face and fucking Cash is just walking around in the fucking police uh, weapons area. Nobody's recognizing him. Uh, and then we get the great scene of Russell, Kurt Russell in drag. Well, the first they go, they got to go. Uh, to the strip club or whatever that is. Oh my god, the yeah, what strip is that? where Terry Hatcher yes, works. Stri- and she comes out and she doesn't. Not, she does not get ma- does naked, not. but she she comes out and and does drums to Yaza's move yes, out. Right, move on up. <laughs> don't go. Do, 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 well, do, do, was it? Oh, was it well, what was don't go? Yeah, no, it was don't, don't go. go. Yeah, it was don't go. Yeah, but you get another rugs. You get another. Boob scene because he goes in the back with her. Oh, yeah, oh there's, yeah. Just, there's yes, more naked women. All these women are yes, there's un, yeah, there's this unnecessary naked women. A lot in of the, boobs in that because we yeah. at this point we're like, is he at a strip club? Is this like a burlesque show? What is this? And then we just oh, you know what? It's just naked women. And how yeah. about the awkwardness? First of all, when they introduce Terry Hatcher's character, you don't really know that it's his sister, right? They're playing it coy, and then he walks in on his sister massaging cash and it looks really bad now and why would she immediately straddle and massage this guy she just met that's fine she's digging cash (laughs) but if you're her brother when you saw that why would you just stand and stare from the hallway awkwardly and not turn away right away he's like watching them and i was like what the fuck are you doing and then the puns get really bad he smashes the captain shows up he smashes the screen door on the captain and the captain goes is this how you screen all of your guests i was like (laughs) that scene when he is when he walks in on the massage i actually did laugh it was hilarious i laughed and i was like austin powers copied this like 20 years later yeah and but the other thing I wrote down about his Stallone's relationship with his sister or, or Tango's relationship with his sister is like I looked up how old they were. I'm like they're 20 years apart. Oh god. And we're supposed to believe yeah. this is brother and sister. Yeah. 
they're like they're clearly like Stallone is like he's in his 40s in this film and they're like we're clearly going to make it like Stallone is still maybe early 30s yeah yeah Terry Hatcher has got to be in her early young 20s she's in her 20s yeah, in, her in that 20s. in that movie uh yeah so they do end up escaping and they find the 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 fucking hideout right and there's the big you get the big battle with uh who does he fight actually at the end he oh i wrote this down too brian james right well there no there's two things here first off in that battle i don't know how the hell their cue is communicating with them because there's no cell phone oh my god and and the audio it just sounds like he's talking to him like there's no effect of like any kind of that guy he's like the greatest actor that little guy yeah he's but there's all this voiceover over them driving like they're talking to each other and he's not there and i'm like what i I also wrote this down in the final fight so cash gets to fight brian james's character yes right but they have to have stallone fight someone yeah so there's just this random fuck yes. that Stallone is fighting yes. that we've never seen in this movie. Yes. They didn't build they have them up to have at it all. Do two on two. Yeah, um, I literally wrote down who the hell is this guy Stallone's fighting at the end? He's just good at karate or something. Yeah. <laughs> Some like, random dude. What? I did love the so, whole grenade in the mouth bit with Brian James, uh, where they were playing bad cop, worst cop, and but then he does get exploded with a grenade down the pants at the end, which is fucking hilarious. Yes, but that was that was a great scene. Uh, let me ask you this: Jack Palance at one point activates a talking self-destruct mechanism. What kind of a <laughs> business installs a self-destruct system in a warehouse? Listen, the guy is playing with mice, right? He's playing He's, with mice, and he has like, why do you have a self-destruct? There's prisons with fucking Mad Max fucking fires there's going fucking on. Yeah, fires. I mean, there's nothing there's bad puns. By this point, if you're questioning this, he literally in the scene where they're in what I would guess is a monster park, monster truck park. Yeah. Because <laughs> he has he has monster trucks chasing them. Yes. yes. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> There's a monster truck at one point it's chasing them. Cl- it's a quarry. Yeah, but he is like... <laughs> yes. This- he's got everything. <laughs> yeah, this movie... Like, like, the other two films, like, kind of... There, there is an air of reality. Like Akumite could happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there, there could be an army guy that's you know has to like fucking race the clock to save his daughter. That could happen. But any two cops going to jail, breaking out of jail, getting in a monster truck, <laughs> going to a strip club, like all that stuff, you know, happening. It's just none of it is has any kind of bearing on reality I mean, at the, all. I mean, you want to talk about like in Commando where he swings from. A um a balloon or whatever the <laughs> a, a, a giant blow up balloon across the yeah. uh the the mall they do that they one up this and they're like it's gonna be pouring rain and we're gonna have electrical wires that are clearly like sparking and we're gonna have them jump use them. their belts to yeah, run that's like, great escape like like a fucking uh zip line down this fucking thing onto the ground and the the line when Stallone li- lands he just goes. That was fun. <laughs> That's a great shot, though. Fucking Kurt Russell leaping with the rain in the background. I love where he's like, "I know this is not how electricity works. You just you don't want to touch both of them or the ground, right? I don't know. Let's do it." Uh, but some of the, so also it's got to be mentioned some of this because there's was rewrites. It's the editing is fucking crazy. You could tell things were changed. Uh, Rugs. This was produced by John Peters, former hairdresser turned fucking. That's right. Uh, Hollywood big time and Peter Gru- Goober. The Peter's Goober connection. They go on to do like fucking Tim Burton's Batman and a bunch of other movies. But John Peters was also along with Stallone. Just they were just changing things like he had to just do things his way. And yeah. you could tell all the ADR, 
all the voiceover lines that are just shoved in there because it had to get cut out. And they're like, how do we get here? <laughs> they use lines twice. Like there's a joke where the guy's like, is that a proposal? Like they did that, that happens twice in the movie. Yeah. You should never repeat <laughs> like, the same line unless it's on purpose. And then there's like lines that don't make sense at the end where they're driving. And I think Tango goes, where the hell did you learn to drive? And cash goes, Stevie Wonder. And I'm like, that doesn't even make sense. He didn't ask you who taught you how to drive, you motherfucker. It just goes, he just yells Stevie Wonder. Uh, I mean, there's a, the, when the prisoner gets the slinky wrapped around his head to the thing, that's pretty funny. Yeah. Are they like, him and the prisoner are just like good buddies now? Buddies Is that what they're just, The serial yeah. killer? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Such a strange, this one was definitely out of the three. The more, the more, the most strange. The, it's absurd. It is the it's weirdest absurd fucking film. movie, and it ends with like them giving this awkward high five, and then the high fives is in the photo also. Of, oh like, yeah, what the it's fuck like is a, happening? It's a very like I, the reason why I chose this kiss. movie is because this is the final eighties movie. This is, this is literally yeah. the last. This is the commentary yeah. on all yeah. the shit that went on before. Absolutely, it. you can see, and it it's here. pulling and ripping it off and trying to like. Get it all in there, all the fucking tropes. I mean, Last Action Hero does there. it better than this, like in a you know in a better artistic way. But this was, oh yeah, definitely. This was a lot of money, a lot of explosions, of failed one-liners. It's like if you take Lethal Weapon, yeah, you take Lethal Weapon and you take like a prison movie, and then you have like some kind of fucking crazy fucking car shit, like out of James Bond or whatever. You throw them all together, and you got this fucking they crazy ass. Threw movie. everything in here. All right, rugs. Fire. That being yeah, said, yeah. one thing, as you mentioned earlier, if it if they change out Kurt, Kurt Russell for Stallone, oh god, this might be or one of like, the biggest movies I've ever. Or Schwarzenegger. Yeah. This this would be this would have made a billion dollars. Yeah, and it's time. crazy. Like they don't get together until Expendables, like two decades later. Yeah, that's unfortunate. I know they should have been in the same movie. Uh, Swayze, how do you think Swayze would have done in this role? They wanted him. Oh, man. It might have worked. Uh, Kurt Russell's just got that charm. Like that. He, he, I think that he works well with Stallone. He does. I think they have good chemistry. Well, I, well that's another thing I don't understand. They never met until this movie. How are they like so buddy-buddy by the end of it? Like, they didn't even know each other. Mm-hmm. Well, they went through some shit. They did go yeah, through the lawsuit. That's, 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 that's the bang sister. Yeah, thing, yeah. That's the bang his sister. He was, no, you know? He's gonna bang his sister for sure. I, I think Swayze would have been better as a tango. Oh, like he can't like oh. as a, a little bit of more of the serious type. Yeah. You can't have two mullet people. Then you gotta have. Uh, you... Well, yeah, <laughs> then you would have to. But you would have moved Stallone over to Cash. Yeah, because him playing tango is just so strange. It's, it's super miscast. It just doesn't work. He's got a tiny little revolver in the beginning. I thought that was fun. I'm like, what is going on? This is a weird movie. All right, Super yeah, Rugs, final thoughts. Give us your rating on this one. I love Stallone. I love Kurt Russell. I love uh, I love Terry Hatch. <laughs> I love all of the things in this movie. I it, it is a ridiculously bad movie, but it's also entertaining. So it's like and they spent real money on this movie. Yeah. They spent a lot of money. They had actual like stuntmen and they had like actual fucking explosions. Yeah. yeah, they really went for it. And um I think a lot of this is, uh, you know, too many people stirring the pot and not knowing to have a clear vision. But even though it kind of failed in trying to be something great, I think it still is great in its own way, even though it's it's obviously bad in so many ways. Like the the, the dialogue is just fucking beyond reproach. It's fu- it, it, I mean, it's horrible. It's like 
it's so bad it's good it's so geniusly bad it's it crazy so bad it's good it's like none of almost nothing works but it's also like what makes it funny um so i'm gonna say i'm gonna give it a 7.5 whoa oh. yeah okay yeah. anthony what do you give so this movie i'm judging a little bit more on a curved scale okay because it is the last of the movies right of the 80s so it had all that time to look at these movies and kind of unlike the other two movies which were funny and unintentionally funny this one's intentionally trying to be funny. Like it's trying to be, as I mentioned earlier, in on the joke. And I don't think it necessarily mm. hits that. Mm. Like if you're trying to be in on the joke, you better be fucking in on the joke. And it, to me, that didn't always hit that point. Like it didn't always make me go, oh yeah, like this is they're funny. Like, they're they're hard, really coming it, a little yeah. bit. Yeah. And then you're also copy, kind of copying the, the buddy cop stuff, but you've seen better buddy cop stuff than yep. this. Like you can definitely see it's kind of busting at the seams. Yeah. That being said, it is still entertaining. It is you still get boobs. You still have two of the bigger action stars of the time in the movie. So it's not completely horrible. There's a lot of like little things that I do enjoy. I'm gonna go with a six out of ten on this one. Okay, yeah. Uh well if we look at our criteria here, it does check a lot of the boxes, but does it, it some of them it does, like you said, I agree, like the one-liners were so forced, like, I did it. They just fell flat, and I was like, well, and it just kept going and going. But the leads are great. The music, the music's pretty rocket 80s, kind of generic 80s rock, right? Is that what was going on? It was like, yeah, it was the most conventional kind of music. It was very conventional. But the stunts, the fights, um, there is boobs. The over-the-top villain, even though he was just, you know, Jack Palance himself was a kind of a dud, but you had Brian Jones... I'm going to give this like a seven and a half, I think, is, is where it's going to land. It is a weird fucking movie. It is really, really fucking weird. Yeah. It is one of the weirdest movies that I've that like I've revisited and go, wow, this is like from a writing perspective and dialogue perspective. I'm like, what the fuck are they doing? Like, they're really like, Ooh. so let me ask you, Ruggs, is this either of these leads uh, best movies? Where neither, does, neither. Where does it land? The, I mean. This is probably their, I mean, one of their worst oh, movies. Shit. <laughs> I mean, of both of them, but they're both, but they're just very memorable. Like, no one, you can't say Tango and Cash and not elicit a smile from someone. I, I when you said Tango and Cash, even the even me not having seen this in a very long time and not even remembering if I saw it, I was like, oh, Tango and Cash. That's a that's a movie. Like people talk about Tango and Cash. <laughs> yeah, like, I knew that. I knew right away. It does have a cult, like a cult following now. Oh, absolutely. You know? So, Ruggs, uh, this being Stallone's worst outing, what is his best? I don't what know is, if it's his okay, worst. But what is I mean, his best? What would you say is his best? It's clearly oh, got to be Rocky. Oh, come on. Like, you got so I mean, it's all of the Rocky movies, the Rambo, first, the first two Rambo movies are great. Um, Demolition, Demolition Man's great. Demolition Man's great. He's good in Copland, also. That's a he's great, great movie. He's great in Copland. I mean, he's, he's in a lot of good movies. I mean, I liked him in Creed, too, and like with some of his Creed, older stuff, really he was really good. I think even Judge Dredd has got its moments. Yeah, maybe. I mean, um, I mean, not all of them, but I mean, he started get, taking a shine to Rob Schneider for some reason and putting him in everything. I mean, you look at the Stallone from Cobra, and then you look at this Stallone. I, I really love Cobra. I mean, he was in, like, The Specialist. He was in, like, The Assassins then, with fucking Antonio Bandanas. But then you can't forget your Over the Tops or your Stop or My Mom Will Shoot. Over the Top is a fucking great ass. We should walk and watch Cliffhanger? that Cliffhanger? What about the mountain climbing movie, Cliffhanger? That was a good movie. And then there's Daylight where he's in a tunnel. Oh, Daylight? Yeah. <laughs> 
Like he did a lot of shit. Like he really did. Like all all across the board, Stallone tried everything. Anthony, what's your favorite Stallone? I got to say that it's one of the rock. I mean, he's probably his best in Rocky one and yeah. two. Although as a kid, to me, Rocky four is my all time favorite. Yeah. So even though that's like not the the best writing of a movie, like he's he's good. Of the three actors that we're talking about, he's probably he's definitely the best actor. Like Hands he can down. actually get get into it. When I was looking at his career, yeah. I was like. He was trying to be like a really legit actor, and then he just saw how good, like how people were taking to like his badass stuff, and then the, the Schwarzenegger stuff. And he's like, "I'm pivoting. Like this is now who I'm going to be for like the next ten years. I'm just going to be in these action." I movies. mean, he start. You know, he wrote Rocky. He won an Oscar. He starts out. I think he really, wanted to be in Martin Scorsese really movies and shit yeah. like that. He wanted to yeah. be in that kind of thing. I think he was in yeah. the Pope of Greenwich Village. Was he in that? Or he was in Rhinestone. He was in a bunch of other stuff. Well, there was another. He was in uh, some other movie where he was uh, Night Nighthawks. Oh, Nighthawks! Yes, that's a uh, from the late uh, early eighties. Yeah. So they weren't like they they were like regular boilerplate seventies eighties movies. They were like serious you know, dramas. They weren't like super comedic or anything like that or outlandish. I think that after Rambo, Rambo. Yep. Like that just blew the floodgates open. And Rambo was kind of like earnestly of an action. It was an earnest action film. Yes. He had that running with the explosion thing that became a trope. Well, yeah. well the thing with Rambo is Rambo comes out the same year as Rocky. No, think about this man had two huge franchises in the eighties going concurrently. And, and what, what, what's, what's, to, what's noticeable about pointing that out is Rambo. Obviously he's, he's great in that. But Rocky Three is like when he really started doing steroids. Oh. So like his body completely changes from Rocky One and Two to Rocky Three, and then like that's when he starts to like become a different person. Mm. Now he's like a superhero mm. on screen, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So I think that kind of those two movies coming out in the same year really start to like change the trajectory of his career to being now he's just a superhero before superhero. Bigger than and life. I got, yeah. But and you got to hand it to him though, like he. When he, I think he went away for a little while. Yeah. I think he went away like when he started in his like late 40s, early 50s. He's like, okay, I got to go out now. Yeah. And then um, he came back in his like fucking 60s. He did, he did Rocky Balboa. Then he did the fucking, the, what do you call it? The, the repl- Expendables. Expendables. Yep. Yeah. He brought that back. And he fucking went back and did an action movie and yep. did more of them. He did like three or four action movies after that. Yeah, bullet to the head, escape plan. Yeah, so like he just he he had a resurgence in his fucking old age. Yeah. It's crazy. It's just a and crazy. Now he's fucking the man. voice of King Shark. Yeah, and other things. Yeah. But okay, so let's switch over to Kurt Russell, who also has had very interesting, similar career. Oh, he went away and kind of came back again. Tombstone's probably his best movie, I would say. Right? Tombstone, definitely. Yeah, that's a good one. I mean, you know, you have your. Escape from uh, different cities, your Stargates. Yeah, he was in good. He was good at everything. He was always good. I mean, he's Big Trouble Little big China. Trouble little great. Ch- he is consistent. Yeah. What about Escape from New York? And Escape from New York, Escape from L.A. <laughs> I still. We- well, like Snake Plissken and I don't know. And Jack Burton are two completely different characters, right? Like Snake Plissken's like this fucking dark character that doesn't say much. Not really talky, not really whatever. And then Jack Burton's is this loudmouth, arrogant asshole prick, you know, whatever. So, like, he went the gamut of the two different things. And then 
He was in like uh, movies with Goldie Hawn and yeah, fucking so Captain Ron. He, so and- he has a great comedic timing and those like Sky High. Like I really like Sky High. He was good as the dad. But he, now he's also part of the fucking MCU, just like Stallone in Guardians of the Galaxy. He's in Tarantino movies. And he, now he's crazy. doing Tarantino movies. He was in uh, and Death F- Proof, Death Proof, and then The Hateful Eight. And he's in the Fast uh, and Furious uh, franchise yeah, as well. He's, he's in that too. Yeah. So, yeah, so very uh, interesting so, career. So that dude has been around the block. And then he's also Santa Claus. <laughs> yeah. Let, let me ask you this: Who's the better actor, him or Stallone? Oh man, you know what? That's a really good question. I Kurt Russell is a very good actor. I think he's a good actor. Hmm. I feel like if you watch Tombstone, you, he's very, very good at that. At that, like they're two different. Like Jack Burton and and Wyatt Earp are two Wait, completely yep, different yep. characters. Huh. I feel like he's got a little more range than the Stallone, maybe, which maybe puts him on top. Yeah, he's a good actor. He, he was, was also good. in that movie Soldier, where he was kind of like Arnold, where he's like didn't say anything. Um. So yeah, I think I mean he uh, he has a range, a, a limited range, but he he does well in that range. But he's found yeah, and he's found a couple of franchises, uh, uh, you know, big IPs to to come back in and resurgence, just like the Stallone a little bit. So yeah, it, I yeah. you know, but in the eighties, I always thought he was like the third tier, fourth tier guy. Yeah, I was just gonna ask, like, you know? are there any other? There's definitely more names, but like, what are what are some of the other names? That we should just quickly mention real quick from the eighties, nineties that were the stars. Like, th- well, like throwing your Bruce Willis there. Bruce, oh, Bruce Willis, Willis like open the door wide yeah. with Die Hard. Yeah. Yep. Um you gotta have your Tom Cruise in there. Tom Cruise is in there. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Your Swayze's. Swayze, yeah, Ro- I mean, Roadhouse is an all timer. Yeah. Uh you got you gotta throw in um I mentioned him earlier, Steven Seagal. Yeah, you gotta get mm-hmm. him Seagal. Dolph. Dolph, Dolph Brandon yeah. Lee. Do, do you Lee, put Harrison yeah. Ford in this category? I mean, if you consider the Raiders movies like kind of that action, that's then, a, yeah. Raiders, that is action. Uh, he's got the Jack, the Jack Ryan movies, yeah. and he's got the uh, the the when he ran away. What is he called? Oh, the Fugitive. He's fugitive. Right. fugitive. You find yeah. this man. You find this. I love the Fugitive. That's a great yeah. movie. I haven't oh, watched that. Fugitive is Mel fantastic Gibson too. Mel Gibson. Oh, Mel Gibson. You got to put there. in there. Yeah, yeah. How about uh, um, what should we call it? You gotta throw in Wesley Snipes. Wesley Snipes, definitely. Yes. Wesley Snipes. Carl Weathers. Carl Weathers. Action, Weathers. Yes. Action Jacks. We gotta watch that too. Here's here's two names that you you probably don't think of, but they have to be thrown in there. Sigourney Weaver and oh, Linda absolutely. Hamilton. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Now they were yes. only in big mo- like one or two, but like they they but were they just had as big. big. Impact. Yeah, yeah, they were yeah. just as big as the rest of those people. Right. Yeah, I think that's the most of them. I mean, outside of your. Oh, well, here, here are two that I I, yeah. I saw on lists, and I was wanting your opinion on. People were including Chow Yun Fat. Oh. And sure. Jackie Chan from Police Story. Jackie Chan, the- absolutely. Well, they definitely had a presence, but you they weren't in mainstream culture. Right. Like you had to like. But they had like if you went to the New York Angelica Theater, you could watch a Jackie Chan movie. You could watch. At certain theaters in, in in the city, you could watch, you know, a hard boiled or or John Woo film. They would they would bring those over, but those are mainly known from like DVD or mm. blockbuster. You okay, know? So, so like, if, we're, if we're gonna throw those in, you got here's some more fringe guys that were a little bit earlier than these guys. That their inspiration, you got it. You got to go Charles Bronson, Chuck Norris, Chuck Norris, and to some extent, your Clint Eastwood there. 
I feel like those names, like Clint Eastwood's like pre, but yeah. like those guys were like the precipice of like yeah. these guys. Yeah. Like they yeah, were yeah. the first kind of like yep. generation. Yep. You got Bruce Lee. And, and then like, where did Bruce the James Lee, Bonds yep. fit in at all? I think that's a different thing. Mm. Those are I, think, I mean, there's, there's definitely, there's definitely like the masculinity in those two. Yep. Yep. Um, but yeah, I mean, those, those are, those are valid. Those are valid. Yeah, movies. Sean Connery, Roger Moore. Those are just taken more seriously. Yes. Right. I mean, there, there are, there are ludicrous in certain iterations, but for the most part, they, they, there is a tone that they kind of hold throughout. And it is, and it, there is a little bit of camp, but it's like, it, it they try to pull off this like, you know, hoity toity type of a vibe and they do do it very well. No, those are all great names and those are all. Yeah, those are the, the top hits. All right, Anthony, let's do this. Let's go through your criteria. Oh, yeah. Figure out who wins each category and come up with the overall uh, thing there. So macho lead. OK, macho this gotta, who's the most macho. It's got to mm. be still uh, not Stallone. Sorry, Schwarzenegger. So, uh, that right? was my first thought. But it, was he really macho in it uh, in the movie? I mean, he's they start out and he's carrying a, a fucking he's carrying a log. That's pretty much Yeah. And he rips a, He rips a telephone booth out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like sure. John claude Van Damme's macho, but he's kind of like he's kind of soft. Yes. He's got a, like a softer side. And Tango and Cash are like they're macho, but Stallone. It's got to be. I think Stallone. it's got to be Stallone, Schwarzenegger. Sorry, Schwarzenegger. No, that right? was my that was my first that was my first That's instinct. John Matrix. Too. Yeah, John Matrix. Do, I think, are we going to agree on that? I think I think Arnold wins by a slight advantage. Okay, yes. who did you have second? Just out of curiosity, Stallone. Okay. Stallone. I think Kurt Russell and Stallone are both kind of manly. Yeah. Well, the thing in, is, though, Stallone ways. is acting against type, right? Yeah. So like right. Schwarzenegger's acting like he would act. Where like, Stallone, he's got to play that. The, like you the never believe that Stallone is that guy. Right. Yes. Right. We're, like his manliness still just exudes out of yeah. that character, even though it's not supposed Russell's to. Russell's got right. the macho going on, you know, in the We're, movie. But Schwarzenegger, like that's clearly a gigantic human. Uh, yes. No. I think, shooting I think Schwarzenegger wins the macho lead category. Absolutely. Uh, one, yeah. One. I'll give it to. Okay. I'll give it yeah. to fucking Arnold. one liners. Okay. This is. This one I also want to give to Commando, even though definitely, yep, I like, agree. Like we just talked about the the Tango and Cash is nothing but one liners. They don't land. <laughs> Maybe one. Yeah, you don't two. even remember them. No, though. but the, the one liners in Commando stick out. I mean, and Bloodsport really didn't have any one liners. Not too many. No, they they're not said by that. Jean Claude Van Damme didn't have a good grasp of the English language, right? Yet, so. Enough. So like, don't make them talk. Okay, so that's two for Commando. <laughs> We're taking the first two categories, one-liners and macho leads. Music. I got it. I got it. Bloodsport's got to be it oh, for me. Oh, shit. Okay. He votes Bloodsport. I... But you, you can convince me otherwise. But Bloodsport right now, I mean, Fight to Survive is such a fucking inspirational song. <laughs> I would give that Fight one. To I would give it. It really is an earworm. I think yeah, Bloodsport but... gets the edge, especially with the coup, mate. Because yeah, I kept singing that. Them. Yeah. yeah. Cool. They say Kumite so many times in that movie. I mean, it is hilarious that that uh, Commando has saxophone, yes. steel drums, yes. and this synth since music all in its score. Yes, James Horner, and it's done by James. Yeah, Horner. that's wild. And then the well, someone yeah. said, I think it was Bill Simmons. Yeah. I read, I listened to it. He said that the Commando theme is yeah. basically the Forty Eight Hours theme. Oh, it might he be. just rejiggered it. Yeah, he might just changed one Maybe, one yeah. note. But the, the, what the the thing about the Bloodsport theme is yeah. that movie. Because there's not a lot of one-liners, that movie is basically all told through 
movie montages. Yeah, music, music montages. Yeah. So without good music, that movie is not as good. And yeah, we said Tango and Cash had some 80s, but they were kind of generic 80s. I think Bloodsport is my pick also. We, we agreed. Right. We'll agree on that. I, I think just for an 80s action movie song, it has the best 80s action right, movie Bloodsport song. Bloodsport takes the music category. Okay, that's a big one. Action fight scenes. Oh, man. Like, what's the best action? Fuck, this is really hard because the three movies do all have kind of great action moments. Well, they're built on action. They're all so. built on action. Different, and I they're think, different. I think the mo- highest octane action is probably in Tango and Cash. Yeah. Um, but it has the most explosions. The best choreographed fights are obviously in Bloodsport. In, uh, in Bloodsport. And, but the balance of the two is got to be the Commando. So Commando's got the whole package. Commando's got the body Com- count. Commando's high body got, got a Commando's got that that high octane as well. But um, the fight scenes, like the punching, is like okay. Bloodsport's got the definitely choreography, but mm. it's just you know it's just, it's in the same spot. Fuck. Tango and Cash, you have variety of locales, yeah. right? Yeah. Man, I'm gonna defer to you guys. I, this I don't, is hard. Yeah, this is a tough one. I feel like I think I think Tango and Cash has got the most action. It has, but, def- but is it better than Commando's? Yeah, because it does have more explosions than Commando, which also had explosions. Well, you remember Commando because it's Commando is so iconic, and yeah. Bloodsport are very iconic. Yes, Tango and Cash is not a movie that's iconic. Okay, but in that way, is there a better oh, scene shit. in Tango and Cash than? in commando when he's in the shed doesn't get shot up and fucking slices okay. everyone up oh yeah that's <laughs> and that is a great one and the arm comes flying off the, and he, the, the saw. he survives just by going above everything nobody shot up i was like right. well i think look i think that like in tango and cash there is a karate fight with stallone and the karate guy that's pretty well choreographed and like the fight scenes are, are well done i think that they and the and the car explosion scenes are all well done but i just think a commando just has such a it's just such a memorable movie even though it i don't really think it does anything better it just does things more memorable right there's just you just you walk out of that movie and you remember the you remember that he impales someone with a pipe let like, off some steam <laughs> bennett you, you um, yeah i mean you, the third act there's like no dialogue it's just all shooting it's just all shooting and killing uh i think i will give action to commando i'm gonna go with my uh, boy I'll commando. commando then as well i, I will I, I will say for memorability's sake, Commando. Oh, shit. Commando takes yeah. it. Okay, we got yeah. three Commandos, one Bloodsport. Next category, babes and or boobs. Oh, that Tango and Cash is all by far and away the winner here because it's got two sets of boobs yeah. and Terry Hatcher. Not her boobs, but, but still a hot yeah. babe. Yeah. She's got the hottest I, I would, girl out of all of them. I would lean Tango and Cash. I would say... Bloodsport's clearly last. That that reporter, she's cute, but you know, no boobs yeah. and, and really a nothing character. I will say that not because of the babe boobs part, but just the fact that like Ray Dong Chong is attractive yeah. and she's like completely different than what you would have expected from yes. a movie of this time. Yeah. Like I think there is an argument to be made that like because she's so just off off the wall, like, whoa, I didn't I wouldn't have expected a black. Well, I think woman. Ray Dong Chong's just a woman. Right. Like I don't really Think that she's there for Terry Hatcher is the babe, like that's, that's yeah. her role. So like, 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 yeah, just because movies have women in them, so like, <laughs> okay, but do they have babes? Well, like, yeah. that's, that's a different I, thing. I vote well, I like when you watch the last, when you watch Last Action Hero, and his daughter comes out, and it's that girl from fucking Billy Madison. Oh yeah. 
Or, or that's how, the babe Happy the, Gilmore. Yeah, Happy. Yeah, yes, yeah. One of the Adam Sandler girls. Yes. Yeah. I guess so, the argument uh, I'm making is I, I, I found Ray Dong Chong attractive. She's very attractive. Oh, she's attractive, yeah. but I don't think she's there to be ogled. No, it, that's no. the problem. That's she's not, not her there purpose. There to be ogled at because I, I remember I did a little research and they, they was a lot. They, they were thinking about doing a love scene with them, and there was a lot of sensitivity towards a white guy and a black girl. Plus, he being kidnapped a, being a her. Thing in the eighties, she's just yeah, there to be kidnapped, her. and then. But I would get, I mean, I would say, uh, yeah, Terry Hatcher is the best by far, and there, and you have more boobs in this movie. Yeah, okay, Tango and Cash, I think, wins the babe boobs category. Yeah, it's an easy one for that. And then finally, we have the villain category. L- let me let me line them up. Yes, you have <laughs> this one's hard too. Bennett, and maybe you can include Hadaya. Yeah, but, but mostly, mostly Bennett. Bennett. Yeah, you have. Bolo Young is Chong Lee. Yeah. And then you have Eves Perrette, Jack Parlance. Jack Parlance and Brian Palance. Jones. And this you could kind of throw in Brian Jones, yeah. but it's mostly Palance. So who is oh, the villain of the villains of this? I mean, you know, Bennett is just as crazy as like Brian Jones. Like those two characters are exactly the same. Essentially, yeah, you know, it's a it's a uh Bennett's just made of complete lard. Yeah, he's a little, little pudgy. He's a lard ass Bennett. Yeah. A little pudgier. Here, uh, let, let me. I'll, I'll start uh, then. Yeah. If I'm just going by like most intimidating, it's clear to me it's Bolo Young. Yes. Yeah. There's yeah. no question. Yeah, just physicality. Most intimidating yes. bad yes. guy. That's Bolo important. Young. What? Like who? Like oh, part of being a good val- bad li- bad guy in these movies is you're also somewhat like entertaining in a, like a, a weird way, like kind of co- comedic. And the other two guys are somewhat are much more comedic, right? Like Eve's Perrette. Both of them have orgasming scenes. They do, <laughs> but for me, Jack Palance is over the top, nonsensical villain. I think this is who my vote is. He's sniffing Whoa. mice. I okay. think I'm voting Jack Palance. I'm gonna vote Bolo Young. So we, we, we rugs. Where are you at so far? I'm. I'm this is a tough yeah, one this because okay, Jack Palance is like a real actor. Yeah, yes. Like he's not some. He's, yeah, but he he's delivers some, every line the same fucking way in everything, which is hilarious. Yeah, but he's a real actor. They got like a guy a name to be the fucking yeah, bad guy. They got like a big. I mean, they had money to spend here, and uh, he puts in this fucking weird. Like this, probably the weirdest shit that he's ever I done. I love when right? he's like Tango Cash Cash Tango. <laughs> he's like Tango just tangles in and tangles out with my money. He's so yeah. weird. I love it. So, so I, I kind of like. I kind of think that that's hilarious, yeah. but at the same time, like Bolo Young haunted my nightmares for many years. Yeah. The crazy, maniacal face as he fucking crushes someone's You're skull. You're the deciding so, vote here, then. I don't know. I mean, I think that um, for what he little that he does, besides just be looking intimidating and, and being ripped, he still kind of is the more like intimidating bad guy, whereas Jack Palance, I think, is just more like ludicrous. So I, I, I'm probably going to go Bolo oh, Young on this. Bloodsport go. takes it. I mean, yeah, Bolo Young could take out any of the other bad guys. No problem. That's well, they, they write Bolo Young to actually do evil shit. They don't have the other guys actually do anything evil. No, like, no. Bennett they, tries to kill yeah. the girl, but he can't, which is like he's someone competent. Yeah. Uh, and he has no muscle on his body. And then Jack Palance is like, Doctor Evil before Doctor Evil. Yeah, it's just I love over the top fucking. But it's it, it it they're all like in their own way good villains. But I, I do agree that I think out of the three, everyone remembers like Bolo Young as a villain. No one really remembers these two as much. That's, that's true. That's true. 
All right, Bloodsport takes that one. All right, so everybody gets a little representation. And then finally, Anthony, how do we do this? Overall, how do we, which, do you want to do which, which is the best movie? Or what, what movies of the, t- like, best movies of that time? Huh? Oh, you talk, just talk about the other examples. Oh, you're, you're saying which is the best movie three. of the three? Yeah. Oh, well, I think that's all up to, I mean, base, well, Let's use those categories. Who won what and which had the most? I mean, based on our ratings, I think Commando wins. I think Commando, Commando, won I the think most Commando takes too. the most yeah. categories. Yeah, I, would, I would agree with that. Yeah. I think Commando is the winner. Overall, which is Commando hilarious. got the most points. My well, movie if won. You, if, you wanted to, if you wanted to show somebody what an 80s action movie yeah. was, you put Commando yeah. on. And it covers it, yeah. you know. Yeah. Pretty this much. is great. We should do like we should call this '80s action fight. We can we can action movie night. '80s action movie fight. Let's see we can revisit this. Fantastic. That was a lot of fun. Uh, and then as far as you know, the the uh, examples of the other movies are it's it's the ones everyone thinks about. What I guess, I guess which one? If you had to pick one '80s early '90s movie that you thought was the best, oh, of, in this genre. Shit. Could you pick one? Shit, I don't know if I could pick just one because there's you got because you got like the sci-fi action, you got the cop action, you got there's a different genres. Well, here, I'll I'll list a few. Okay, you got Die Hard, right? Absolutely. You Terminator. We could say Terminator Two is part of this era. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Aliens. Yeah. Um, RoboCop. The RoboCop is definitely up there. Yeah, yeah. RoboCop's yeah. a great lethal one. weapon. Yep, the lethal weapons is up. That's there. a great serious one too. So, uh, and then you got Rambo, First Blood. You mentioned Roadhouse, Forty Eight Hours, Raiders of the Lost Ark, yeah, Indiana Jones. Hours. I mean, yeah. What's the best? I think no, I go, I'm going to go Roadhouse as far as if you want to go cheesy. Okay. Die Hard if you're not going cheesy, and then Lethal Weapon if you're not going cheesy too. Okay. And uh, there's also you got to throw in Raiders of the Lost yeah, Ark Raiders. because that's a great action film. Man, there's so many. I don't think I can't I, pick one. It's, but it's, not of this. Like there's this genre. Like the best. Like I I love RoboCop and I love um. There's a lot. I, I love Showdown in Little Tokyo. Like that's a really Black Rain. Oh, mm-hmm. Black um, Rain with Michael Douglas. Yeah. Is really, yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of fucking great action movies. Um. The thing is, I'm not very well versed in Chuck Norris. Oh, we might have to do a Chuck Norris deal because those are hilariously bad movies. Too. Delta <laughs> Force, Missing in Actions. Yeah. yeah, there's like really bad movies. Remember Enter the Ninja oh, yeah. and fucking The Last Dragon yeah. and fucking. There's just so many bad ones that are fun to go check out too, as well. But like, um. Yeah, there's like Escape from New York. There's a lot of fucking well, great. Uh, I'll uh, I'll think I'd say I mean Aliens is up there for me. Die Hard, You're Mad Max. I it, maybe Terminator Two is is late is early nineties, but I still consider it part of the era. So that's one of them. What one we haven't mentioned? What's up earlier? Predator is an all timer. And oh yeah, Predator. Predator is an all timer. And keep in mind, Predator is also like a kind of a commentary on the eighties. So oh, it yeah. takes advantage of that with the machismo right and just the, just for just for reference because we I, I think we all remember know this but john mctiernan did predator than die hard oh the yeah wow <laughs> just insane wow you know what else like he, he he literally like did a back to back and was just like you could probably retire and live in infamy forever oh for my no god movies. i can't believe you did a back to back 
I would throw into this too. All this um, Beverly Hills Cop also oh, checks yeah. all these boxes right Absolutely. here. Absolutely, that's right. It is funny, yeah. but it's also got your action. It's got oh, your yeah. shooting, Good your point. funny comedy. Beverly Hills and Cop is good. And it's a fantastic movie. Well, you know, Beverly Hills Cop is really yeah, good. Putting 48 hours in there, you got to put the Beverly is, Hills Is there Cop. any I, Steven Seagal movie? What is it? Hard uh, to Kill? I don't he, that, his know. One? Yeah. Oh, Highlander and fucking you can put Highlander. Warrior. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, Seagal movies, that's, what is that? Yeah, that, Above the Law. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I think the best Hard of to the Kill best. is that's, one of his best. People sleeping on that movie, too, The Best of the Best. Best of the Best. Ooh, yeah, okay. that was like a... Um, a, it was like a, a movie about like a a martial arts team that has to like band together and like win a tournament. You, can, you never saw that movie? It's great. No, you could put your Top Gun in here too. Do you think? Yeah. But do you think any of the, what? Do you think these movies work now, Rugs? <laughs> no, <laughs> I mean if you're gonna take some like Zoomer that's all like concerned about everything that can't actually sit back and have a good time without. Like, you know, I don't think it's going to work for those people. I think it works for people who remember what it's like to not give a fuck and or or, or for it not even to register because you weren't really aware of all this stuff. Like you were just ignorant to all this. And you just said, oh, this is what a movie is. So whatever. In all three of these movies we talked about, there's lots of things you can't do anymore. Well, yeah. Here, here's the here's what I would say. I think you can't. Obviously, we expect a little bit more now. with yeah. These movies yeah. like we can't. We, we're holding them to a different standard. Yeah. I will say that. Although the action isn't the same, it has evolved into like what we get now, which would be like the Fast and Furious yeah. movies, the Wick movies, the yeah. John Wick oh, yeah. movies, like the Taken stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I think there's a lot more. Um, Fast and Furious is a little different, but th- those John Wick movies and like Taken and like the one we reviewed um, that was a Patreon review. Nobody, nobody. Yeah, that was like, a great movie. There's a lot more. Uh, if you notice how the action evolved, there's a lot more efficiency in the action. Yes, like it's just like. One shot kill, yeah. one shot to yeah. kill. Where these movies were all like, I'm gonna fucking fuck Just you up with like twenty thousand bullets and like get into a one on one combat. Like, they're like our tastes have evolved to like normal guy doing very efficient action. Yeah. So like Keanu right now is like I would consider our generation's like best action star. Sure, right absolutely. Yeah. No, and that's what I love about the John Wick movies is just like they're all. It was all headshots. It was all right. very efficient. I was like, holy shit, look at this. But you, so it's still yeah. around. It's just you know less boobs. You got Arnold, boobs. literally Arnold, throwing grenades and rocket launchers at people. Well, I I just want to, uh, you know, Frank Grillo doing boss oh, level yeah. reminded me a lot of eighties action. <laughs> Grillo movies. is definitely try. He's bringing it back. I get. Yeah, he's I like. Tell. I he's like. Uh, he's a holdover. Yeah. Yeah. He he's like if if I had to equate it to an eighties, he's fifty star, something. He's probably like. Um, probably at the level of like Seagal. Oh <laughs> yeah. boy. <laughs> Where he's like way back there, and we don't have the reverence for action movies yeah, like we did yeah. back then. So it's not obviously not propped up at all. Yeah, boss level is though is it reminded me a lot of like a uh, an eighties action film, uh, and um, it was very it was very self aware and very much uh, hilarious, and it had a lot of like that machismo in there, and. Uh, there are there there are movies that are, are trying to get at, back at that a little bit, back to that a little bit, and we see that with Peacemaker, but th- that mm-hmm. they're doing like a whole analysis, yeah. That's like really like they're trying to really like they're using it. See what happens is, I think a lot of people want to use these tropes, but they don't want to be labeled as okay, you're doing this fucking. So they have to figure out how to put a spin on it 
that still like you're and now you're analyzing it. You're deconstructing this asshole. Right. Even though we're watching someone be an asshole yeah, and that's what's funny. Enjoy that. Like when you watch Johnny be an asshole, yeah. that's what's funny. Yeah. But then they have to kind of put this whole like perspective on it. So like you know you you know, you can enjoy him being an asshole without feeling like an asshole yourself. Right. Because <laughs> you're what but I'm like, but isn't that the whole point to escape is to just have shit happen that not you know yeah. and and know that it, like when you play a video game and you gun down a million people and you're playing Grand Theft Auto and you're taking people's cars and running people over, you stop and like, re- no one stops you. Stop and you know, you, what you're you, doing. You know, yeah, yeah, to make you for reflect. You think about so what you're like, doing here. But in <laughs> movies, for some reason, they they hold them to a different standard, and you can't really um, you can't really do that without adding a lot of like subtext or or kind of like another perspective in there somehow to kind of offset it. So um, we're never going to get these movies again, unless like society changes. I think that at this point we can't do it. So that's a shame because this was a lot of fun. We will have to do it again with another set of movies. Yeah, we might have to, we'll have to see what the, what the people think. Great idea. Anthony litter listener, let us know. But right now we're going to find out what the people think with some news from the nation. It's time for news from the nation. It's time for news from the nation. It stinks. It stinks. It stinks. So I got a couple of comments. I teased this in our Facebook group last week. Oh, did you? I was like, I'd give a little tease. I was like, hey, look at what we're talking about. And Ron, you teasy like to give a little bit and then pull it back. Uh, Nick Chev says about these three movies, all classics, but Bloodsport is above and beyond <laughs> most anything wow. in existence. Whoa. Oh. So big, uh, big Bloodsport guy, Chev is there. John Bellotti Jr., our admin of the group, says the production backstory of Tango and Cash is more interesting than the actual film. Uh, yes, which I mentioned a little bit. It was crazy. How much money fired. that he's going to compare this to another Asian oh, film? Oh, let's that see what he says. The from. next comment is also. Does he say that? Also, the oh opening. Oh, that's spot on. You're not even reading that. Also, the Go opening ahead. sequence in Tango and Cash was borrowed from Jackie Chan's opening of Police Story. <laughs> Both scenes feature our heroes facing off an oncoming vehicle and it's stopping just short of hitting them. And then the driver flying out of the window. I would love Bellotti just to throw out a French movie every once in a while. <laughs> Les Pupus, you know? It's similar to Jean-Claude Balbu's original <laughs> debut. Les Pupus, uh, yeah, but you're dead on. He did. The- so look, yeah. but Jackie Chan clearly influence, you know, on all these movies. So, right. Blake Braden says the lead character's name is John Matrix. If that doesn't get you to watch the movie, I don't know what will. So that's points for Commando. And then John Matrix. It's a great name. He does not look like a John Matrix. Jose Ibarra says, Anthony, I think we need a special jock talk with a full breakdown of Jackson's fighting style. Did he even have a fighting style? He just fucking pummeled people. No, uh, he would just run at you and, and with his hands up. And he basically had the biggest choke job in the history of combat by having Bolo Young or uh, Chong Lee down and then celebrating his win. Oh, my God. That was great. Yes. He was like, I got him. And I'm like, what are you doing, dude? He's getting up. He, he's dead. <laughs> I got him. He's dead. <laughs> the war. He's like the worst fighter that's there. That's a, oh, he's I by was far like, the worst. Oh, the guy is yeah. celebrating early. This never ends well. Yeah, it was a non-fighting style. It was just, nah, I'm coming after you. That was kind of it. That was <laughs> his style. Nerds. <laughs> 
fucking Donald Gibb is great. Okay, that was a lot of fun. That's it for this week. I do want to mention this is Batman week, so everyone oh, celebrate shit. the Batman coming out later this week. We'll have our instant reactions on good reviews. the Patreon. It is getting great reviews. Currently on Rotten Tomatoes with 170 reviews. That's 87%. 8 out of 10 average rating. It is expected to open to about 100 to 125 million domestically or more even that's pretty good for a three-hour batman nude I've, i'm trying not to read these reviews but it's getting me Geek boner. very excited just like skimming through the headlines and what people wow i don't want to I, I don't i need to temper my expectations but this sounds like it's gonna be a fucking blast well we all we have a couple of good batman movies and uh hopefully it just treads water with them and i'll be happy with that uh, expectations for you. I'm You're pumped. pumped. Yes. Yeah. I'm yeah. pumped. Batman. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I mean, you got Matt Reeves, you got Batman and it's getting good reviews. I'm, I'm going to stay away from as much as possible, yeah. but I, I definitely cannot wait to watch it on uh, opening night. Me neither. I can't wait. We will have a full spoiler review next week. So don't go anywhere. Also this week, I did a, uh, another guest appearance on another Friend of the show, podcast, wow. pod buddy. I'm stepping out on you fools. Uh, this time it was with our buddy, Jamie Robinson, who always posts. He is Mr. Throwback Thursday on the Mr. Throwback Thursday podcast. I've been, this is my favorite old school hip hop podcast. I've been listening to him for years. He's been listening to me for years. I, it was an honor. I finally got to go on and just geek out about hip hop and music. It'll be out this Thursday. I will put a link to their website. Definitely want to check that out. It is a lot of fun. And it was really weird because this was the first time we met. We were talking to each other, but I felt like I knew him. He felt like he knew me. Like it was like we've been friends for a long time. We'd never met before. Podcasting is really strange sometimes when these things happen, but I finally got to hang out with him. So go check that out. Subscribe to Mr. Throwback Thursday. It's a very good show. Rugs, where can the listener find you online? Oh. You can find me on Twitter at really rug boy. Really rug boy on Twitter. I surprised you. Sorry. Go back to what? No, I yeah. Go back to whatever you were doing. The <laughs> listener, follow rug boy. We got show notes at our website. You'll find links to everything we talked about in the description for this episode. Share the show. That's the most important thing you could do to help us out. Spread the geekery uh, to all your friends and family and coworkers, and we appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Jock and Nerd Podcast. My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the jock. He's a nerd. We'll peep you next time. Do you believe that Tango didn't know what Fubar was? Fucked up beyond all recognition. Even I knew that shit. (laughs) Man, this guy's a fucking stockbroker. He's got billions of dollars. Why? He doesn't know what Fubar is. Jockin' nerd.